high frequency. Yeah. Sync up. Sync up. Already. Already. Yay. I get up with the frequency each and every morning. Thanks, practice, gratitude, commence brainstorming. Live, awake, excited. New day, new me. TSA, courtesy of JRE and Scott Free. Too many folks shallow, scared to drown in the deep end. And I ain't pointing fingers, best believe I was one of them. The pain I was numbing it, self-inflicted punishment. The streets I was running in led me to consciousness. Yes, they can steal my flows, but can't block my shine, baby. You see my glow? Now I live in the light, radiating love. Sun, you're a star as below, so above. Am I too metaphysical? Are you over analytical? So many situations get critical. I'm a warrior, survivor is an understatement. Started subterranean, now we in the cosmos on some milky wavy shit. Sun kissed, melanin rich, health is wealth, we live abundant. Connected with the oneness, I'm off my dumb shit. I bring to you substance more specific, life is synchronistic. All is energy, fact, over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah, we on that. Sync with the most divine, catch contact. Physicality beyond that, high frequency, we on that. Mind over matter, thoughts not. Yeah, stars co-create and spiral up No ladder to heaven or hell Can you leave a trail to high and low polarities The vibrations they all read Day to day just hoping Going through the motions Staring at the doors Who could ever get this open Till I uncovered the secret to keeping it real I got in touch with my soul to fan my frequency field We playing follow the leader The leader ain't going nowhere That's why I'm living my life with a sovereign mind all I want in this world is to spread love and greatness to you Using my music for we out of time So for the divine, I'm doing my due diligence Giving some peace to views that's too militant Doing it different, I got purpose and position Feel the vibration, transmission is the mission Need you to listen to these words, my dude I swear my third eye got a bird's eye view And do you want to sync up? Cause I do Surfing this wave, follow as we ride through. All this energy, fact, over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah, we on that. Sync with the most divine, catch contact. Physicality beyond that, high frequency, we on that. Mind over matter, thoughts not scattered. Co-stars, co-creating, spiral up. No ladder to heaven or hell. Then you leave a trail to high and low polarities. The vibrations, they all rare. Let it marinate, cause this is very great to every state. The burden on my back, well, I carry weight. High frequency, high power, free spirit. Talking to the man upstairs, and yeah, he hear it. Man, I'm riding the wave, inspired by the days. When we sparked up, that was the light of the haze. But now I'm synced up, yeah, my drink's up. Am I drinking again? Well, you know, yeah, the gig's up. Freedom ain't free, believe them, they not me. The oppressor knows my melanin rich, and I'm scot free. That means I got away. BS, not today. Stop and say, we good, okay? No more drops today. This the high frequency, they gon' feel this. Still with optimism, but still, I'm the real. List. They gon' feel this, yeah, real quick. Bring the chorus in. That's real shit. All this energy, fact, over fiction when I rap. That high frequency, yeah, we on that. Sync with the most divine, catch contact. Physicality beyond that, high frequency, we on that. Mind over matter, thoughts not scattered. Co-stars, co-creating, spiral up. No ladder to heaven or hell. Then you leave a trail to high and low polarity. 
situations, they all real. Yeah, peace to the gods, brother you survive. High frequency radio, yeah we on that. Peace brother Paul Savage out, you already know. You are locked in, tuned in live, high frequency radio. Sync up. Sync up. Peace, peace, peace to the gods, peace to the gods. You're listening to High Frequency Radio. I'm Yusuf L. It is Monday, January 7, 2019, broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. Got a real good show lined up for you today. Got a video I'm about to drop on YouTube. Doing some research last night, looking at an old case called Plessy versus Ferguson, and I read the lone dissent opinion of Justice John Marshall Harlan on that particular case. It was a separate but equal case. It kind of lent some credence, to, you know. It was kind of like a basis a little bit for segregation and so forth, you know. That ended with the kind of like with the Brown versus Board of Education ruling. But this long descending opinion was so good because it seems like Justice Harlan was playing the part of a whistleblower. It's just interesting when, you know, when you start reading a lot of case law, you kind of get into some of the personalities of the judges. You start to see that all of them ain't corrupt like everybody thinks. Um, They all, some of them understand like, man, what are we over here doing, man? This way ain't what the Constitution says. And then some of them are, you know, like, Agents of destruction. That's Supreme Court. We need to pay attention to who they be confirming on that Supreme Court. I'm telling you. But in this particular case, it basically what Justice Harlan was whistleblowing about was the fact that we essentially have two national governments in this country, something that we have all been saying, something that the anti-sovereigns keep trying to say there's some sort of conspiracy theory or something to that effect. You know, it's an amazing thing when you can read, you know, because it's like when you read, when you read, you can really see who is the devil and who is not. You know, when I, I go in and I watch like on YouTube, like I kicked a couple of people out of my uh, of my uh, of my Facebook group, you know, for posting like anti-sovereign, you know, even a sovereign citizen video. Look at this sovereign. What are y'all over here talking about? You know, y'all need to be aware of the fact that if you go in here and, you know, you start talking about being a sovereign citizen, you might get pulled out of your car and beat to death. You know, just cowards. You know, cowards and everything. You know how the cowards be posting stuff. You need to really watch that. Don't mess with that white man. Because, you know, and anybody knows you're going to have liberty. you got to die for what you believe in. You know, you have to be willing to die for what you believe in. You have to fight for your rights. Exactly, like these people gonna give it to you, you know. Somebody posted something, you know. Well, prove to me that the all caps name is a legal fiction. I'm like, I'm like, first of all, it's not that important. The all caps, if they write your name in all caps, is not important. You are, you just lack critical thinking if you think that's important. That's number one. And number two is that 
it's not uh you know it's not it's not about that it, they, they, you think somebody lying to you is going to tell you the truth when it should be common sense you see it on your driver's license you see it on your social security card you see the caption of pleading in court cases everywhere you look and then when you ask them a question about it you can't get a straight answer they have to make some sort of distinction between the artificial person and the real you. That seems logical for them to do something like that, especially when you can't find it in the rules of English grammar anywhere. And many, many patriots have done research on it. Not like nobody ain't researched it thoroughly. But back to this Plessy versus Ferguson case. This was a real good case. As I said, I have a video that I'm posting on YouTube. I'm going to drop. It, I'm, 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 I'm uploading it right now while I'm on the show. Let me open up my chat room real quick so I can pop it in the chat room. Open up chat real quick. The chat room is open. If you're on the internet listening, all you have to do is just refresh your uh, page and everything. The chat room pop up. Right below the stream, just scroll on down, and it's right down there below the stream. You can, you want to ask me a question or something when you ain't on the phone, just pop it in the chat, you know. And if you want, you know, you just want to say, make an idiotic statement, you can, you know, pop it in the chat too, you know, you can just do that, you know. You know, a lot of people do that. They come through and troll in the chat room and all that kind of stuff, you know. But anyway. You need to read this Plessy versus Ferguson dissenting opinion by Justice Harden. Let me read like a little excerpt from it. It was real interesting, you know, what he had to say. And I'm going to go to the phone line in just a second. Call in number is 424-222-5250. And in his dissent, <coughs> he said something. He said right here, the idea prevails with some indeed. It found expression in arguments at the bar that we have in this country substantially or practically two national governments. One to be be maintained under the Constitution with all its restrictions, the other to be maintained by Congress outside and independently of that instrument by exercising such powers as other nations of the earth are accustomed to exercise. It is one thing to give such a uh, latitudinarian construction to the Constitution as be uh, as will be uh, as will bring the exercise of power by Congress upon a particular occasion or upon a particular subject when it is provisions. So right here, this judge is telling you what we see. They got two national governments. What we talking about? This United States, y'all. Okay, that's in Article. They, they got it was given birth by Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen, the Territorial Clause. U.S. citizen is a congressionally created citizenship. I don't see what's so difficult about this shit. I really don't. And you just don't have, you just not no reader. I don't see what's so difficult about these judges, Supreme Court justice, seeing the same thing we're seeing. This is how I'm finding all this out. I'm fine. You can verify it in law. If you take the time to read and see, and go back a hundred years and see what these people were talking about, what these people play, people got long-term plans. They've been doing this a long time. This started a long time ago, in the 1800s, late 1800s. This is right after that act of 1871. It's easy to see. 
Somebody say, how do I call in? You call in 424-222-5250. Ain't the number on the on the screen? Peace to the chat room. Aaron Bay, UL. What's that? Is that Path? You call yourself Path? Minima? How y'all be coming up with these names? You know, you tell us a black person because they get creative, especially with the Egyptian, Egyptian, Arabic, you know, everything Hebrew, everything all in one name. <laughs> Mix everything together. <laughs> Path. Path man. Okay, all right. Path was a great man, you know. <laughs> All right, let me go to the phone lines real quick. And I ain't, I ain't going to rant today. I get to the phone lines. You hit one on your phone when you call in. You want to speak to the the host. Let me start over here at area code 205-8562. You're on the line. What's on your mind? All right, go. What's up? What's happening? Who's going on with you, Hey man, just still doing, you know, just doing the same thing. Ain't nothing changed but the weather. What's going on? I see. I see. I've been listening to you, bro. Listen, you got a hot topic going on, man. Uh, I do got that case and everything like that in my computer, man. But I, I really been trying to get a chunk for me. I need to regress just for a quick second, and I'm gonna get off the line and let somebody else jump on. Okay. All right. Where is your public and private outline is on your website, bro? You go into Facebook, well, it's in the PDF section under the uh, Secure Party folder. That's what it's in. But it's also, I put it on the Facebook group page, too, that public and private chart, your little chart, public and private. That is yeah, the most, yeah, glad yeah, you brought yeah. that up. That is the most important thing for people to understand is that, and it took me a long time to understand it, too. Because I had to understand what the Constitution was, where it, what its applicability was. Because, you know, they call it the law of the land. Well, it is the law of the land. You know, it does have a yeah. law of the land. But how it applies, it, it has a twofold kind of thing. You know, it's like you have constitutional rights, which is under the Bill of Rights, and then you have constitutionally protected rights, which are rights that come under God. You know, right. if you choose not to participate, because it's a free country, you don't have to participate in the political process. You know, two political branches are the legislative and executive branches of government. So if you choose not to participate, you have that right. You can be a private person and not, you know, you go back and watch that movie Lincoln. And uh, when that uh, <laughs> delegation was sent from the South to uh, to negotiate terms of surrender with General Grant, and they came yeah. in there, you know, and they were trying to call themselves a nation. The South said, well, we are our own nation. General Grant say, y'all ain't no motherfucking nation. Y'all motherfucking rebels. <laughs> call them rebels, you know what I'm saying? He said, y'all ain't no motherfucking nation. All right? So, so he looked at him. He said, well, such and such said. He said, I don't care what that man said. He a private citizen. You in the United States now. Care damn what no private citizen said. You know, you know, we go back and look at that movie, man, and see. And that was a good movie. The Lincoln movie was a good movie. And General Grant just put a check to him and everything. Like, y'all, talking about the South of the nation. Y'all ain't no damn nation. Y'all rebels. All right, y'all. And we put, put y'all to, ass back in line, check. Man. Take all your damn property. Take all your slaves from you and everything. Take every goddamn thing you own. All right. And put y'all ass back in check. 
Okay, that's what it was, you know. That's that's what it was, you know. And uh, so when you understand private that, you know, you free and, you know, you probably don't have the protections of the government. I mean, you do fundamentally as a fundamental citizen of the republic, you do. But you can't participate in all these like welfare pro- programs and shit like that that they have, That's you know, right. because that never was the, that wasn't the original intention or purpose of government. I in this country, everybody was expected to provide for themselves, take you know, educate your children, uh, feed your children, build your own damn houses, do all of that. But with the advent of the welfare uh, system, which was instituted by Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1933, I. That changed a lot of things. They got rid of gold so you can't do transactions privately in gold and silver. See, that would have kept all your transactions private. You know, you're doing business right. in gold and silver. But no, they got it. You know, they 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 monitoring everything now. You know, making you pay taxes, the IRS. Oh, you ain't paying no taxes on gold and silver because it was an exchange. Ain't no tax yeah. on an exchange. It's equal exchange and everything. I'm giving you gold. You give me your product or service. Ain't no tax involved in that. But they got rid of the gold That's and silver. So right we there, you know? engage, yeah, we couldn't engage in private commerce and private transactions and everything. And then that was a uh, fluke because they talk about all persons need to You know, Congress can't legislate for the private, but the, but they understood that the American people was so dumbed down by that time that they reached a point of capitulation where they could put out some sort of legislation and we think it all applied to us. Like, you know, it's like it's like right. TV today talking about, well, you know, Trump is issuing an executive order. You know, I, I got people, they talking about, well, Trump shut down the government. I, they say, you know, what's Trump doing? You know, he said, shut down the government. Okay, he said, y'all need to give me this damn money so I can build this damn wall. Okay, well, they say Trump shut down. That's called checks and balances. Yeah. You pull them, uh, uh, them troops out of Afghanistan and did all that. Cause he went to him. I said, I need his money. He said, we don't give you the money. Okay, well, you give me what I want and give you what you want. We got a government <laughs> of separation of powers called checks and balances. Okay, you pull your card. I'm going to pull my card. Ain't nobody supreme. Trump is exercising his executive powers of what's called checks and balances. Okay, I'm going to put a check on the legislature. We need this wall built. Oh, we don't want to give you the money to build it. Okay, well, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to put all these employees out of work, okay, because since you ain't operating as no damn government, a lot of people in the the government, y'all got to pay attention to what's going on. Y'all, a lot of our people on the wrong side. These damn liberals, I'm telling you, they they is the enemy. They the enemy. They the enemy. And a lot of our black people is rolling in that camp, and, you know, they don't understand because they're not educated about politics, history, and all this guy don't know what all this really means, anything like that. They the damn enemy. They the damn enemy. We, and you know we don't so we understand got, we got that. Man. No, I'm just I'm just I'm saying, you know, you 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 right about you no, you right about what you're saying, you know. We, we just got to learn uh this public and private. We, we got to learn it, man. I mean I mean We gotta learn we it. Gotta know and let me tell you why else is it well let me tell you why else is important because it's my feeling that if some national emergency drop and they start opening up these FEMA camps and all that. Them the first people they're going to start snatching up is U.S. citizens right, because they feel like they can. You know, this is what this Justice Harlan opinion is essentially saying, is that when you talk about a territory of Congress, okay, or 
um, anything like that that belongs within the United States in that in its capacity as a or as a corporation or in that ten mile square in Washington D.C. They operate outside of the Constitution. This man just said it. You know, they say, well, they operate outside of the Constitution. Well, the Supreme Court justice just told you that's what they do. But you got to understand the reason and rationale behind it, because under that Article One, Section Eight, Clause Seventeen, how they have construed it in that case is that Congress, that delegation of power that went to Congress, is that they have what's called plenary power over all their territory and insular possessions, that they can they can operate outside the Constitution. So when that loophole got exposed, like Howard Freeman was talking about, then that's when they said, okay, well, we can go create a corporation and go contract with the private citizens in the republic and bring them over here into this legislative democracy and then through a doctrine of novation make them are responsible for the national debt because that national debt is with the U.S. corporation. It's not with the Republic. The Republic was using yep. gold and silver. Okay, that corporation and everything is that one went out and contracted with the Federal Reserve, some private international bank, and then came in and started issuing all this goddamn monopoly money. That's unconstitutional. <laughs> when it tell you clearly within the Constitution that all debts are to be paid with gold and silver, they got they circumvented that. By Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17. And then we're not educated enough to understand what's going on, so we're contracting with the people. And stop saying, well, what contract did I sign? Contracts are expressed and implied. Yep. Yep, they are. They are. You're right. You're right. Uh, uh, you got to understand it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. No, no. When they uh, um. <clears throat> I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to go ahead and get that. Uh, you say it's on your PDF where now? It's in my, it's in my Facebook group, and it's also on the okay. website under the Secure Party Creditors folder. If you go into the PDF files, there's a folder that says Secure uh, Secure Party Creditor. It's in there. Okay. 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 All right, man. You know, and uh, you're not doing consultations right now either, right now, are you? I'm gonna crank them back up. I'm start doing them now. You know this week. I'm, I'm doing dude, a I'm, webinar I'm still, tomorrow. I'm waiting on you, dude. I'm waiting on you. Yeah, I'm doing. A, well, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow. If you're a member of, of uh, SBC University, um, on am. any of the levels, on any of the levels, you see a link right there for registration. When you first log in on your dashboard, you see a button to register for the seminar, uh, the webinar that I have tomorrow. So all the members is gonna be. I'm kicking up the webinars for 2019 again. So you know, if you're already a member. You know, you already got access to the webinar. Just register in your back office. I do that, brother. I do that, and I appreciate you, man. I'm gonna let y'all keep moving on, and uh, I'll get with you in the future. All right, brother. All right, peace. All right, peace. Let me get back to the phone lines real quick. Uh, this guy here. Let's go to Erico six zero three zero nine six three. Your mic is open. Hey, peace, brother. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, Pete. Okay, um, I have a question. Um, I'm hoping you can answer it. I was in federal prison, and um, I went to the halfway house. It was out of Texas, and. Part of the rules and the regulations of the halfway house is that you have to either go to school or go to work. So when I got there, I had my family one day air me my passport. After going back okay. and forth with 
that a passport, a valid United <laughs> passport, wasn't a valid um, identification for the state of Texas. And I kept arguing with them, saying that it was. I brought them documents. Uh, I, again, I don't know. I don't understand that because you have to have a birth certificate to get a passport. You have a birth certificate to get a driver's license. What they talking Correct. about, you know? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Right. But what happened was is, and again, I don't know what you know about the federal system. I, I put in a, a grievance. Everything. To, Everything. Okay. <laughs> so I put in a grievance right. to the regional director twice. The first time was on the phone, and the second time um, – you know, basically, I says, you know, I've had the passport. I got a U.S. Social Security card. I got a prison ID, which I can go on the, on the on flight with. I have a Lydell ID. How come y'all? How come is the halfway house not allowing me to go to school? She said, walk out of the building, walk out, go back to your area. The U.S. Marshals picked me up and put me in the hole for thirty-seven days. They never gave me a, a minute, shot. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, they, wait a minute, they didn't give you no shot, didn't answer your questions or nothing like that? Because you no, didn't have and, a, and they wanted you to get, well, so, they wanted you to go um, get a driver's license? Is that what, I mean, yeah, is they that what they wanted you to have a driver's ID. license? Okay. Well, I won't get All a right. driver's license, never doing that. But I kept attempting to get it, but because I didn't have any record in Texas, they kept having me, I went three different times. The first time, I had never had a record in Texas, and they wouldn't go and check my record out in New Hampshire. So I went back. But, again, my argument was like a United States passport is a foundational document. You can go anywhere in the world with that document. They're giving me right. a hard time. Story short. Open up a bank account. Open up a bank account and all that shit. You know? Exactly. Long story short, I was a 9-11 survivor. And so they put me in a hole for 37 days. They never gave me a DSH hearing, a DUC hearing, no hearing. I stayed in the hole for 37 days. They sent me back okay. to prison to wrap me out because I only had like four and a half months. Right. Get back to the prison. There's no shot on me. There's no incident report on me. There's no transfer report. When you go from one prison to another, you have to have a, 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 it's called a, a transfer report where the prison that was sent to you Okay, that you're coming back. There was none. There is no paperwork on me. I did a, uh, a Freedom of Information Act. The only thing came down was I was uh, a, a document that was never signed because I never got a shot behind the wall. Right. I went through the BP nine. The, the the warden of the prison at Beaumont never put in the BP nine. So when I got released, um. I did my BP-10, or I, I sent the final document to the, um, the the regional director. Do I have any remedy wow. at this? Well, man, like, I, I mean, I mean, what, are you, what what type of remedy are you looking for? I mean, because, you know, when you're in prison, you're essentially a slave. I, I know what a BP-9 and BP-10, I've been done BP-9s, BP-10s myself. But the thing about okay. it is, is this, you can go to your counselor, and your counselor got your jacket. And it should be right. something you got. You can see. You can see it two times a year. They didn't have nothing in there, an explanation, because usually they got a section in there that they won't let you see, and that's all right. of the. Uh, yeah, that's all of the the stuff they write up about you. Mine, I right. went and looked at mine, and it had in there, you know, because I was doing kind of something similar to what you was doing. I didn't go to the halfway house either. I walked straight out. 
Yeah, that's right. a story in itself, which is which is pretty cool. I didn't want to go to fucking halfway house, no way. But the thing right. is, is that um, well, uh, in there they they'll put something in there and say they would say in mind that I was um, I believe that there is a conspiracy with the federal government. I didn't say it, nothing about no conspiracy. All I did was just go into court and um, have a uh, challenge some shit. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, basically, you know, uh, gave them uh, international bill of exchange, all this type of stuff. I was released like six months later. And Mm -hmm. the thing was, is that the the thing was, is that I didn't say that I believe the the United States has conspiracy and all of this kind of stuff. But that's how that's what they put in my jacket on me. So if you're refusing to get uh, driver's license, they're construing that in some kind of way because they got their own rules, you know. Because the halfway house, because you you mess me up when you say you go to school, because I thought yo you could only had to get a job, you know. When I heard, you know, it yeah, makes so you got a week to get a job. I was in Houston, Texas, downtown in Houston, right by the what you call it, and the rules clearly say either you go to school or you go to work. And I'm a studio engineer, and I hooked up a scenario where. I was just going to go and get recertified. But they right. wouldn't let me go on a pass because I didn't have a Texas ID, and I kept arguing, I got all these other IDs. But they let me go to mental health council, and they let me go to the mosque. So, but they wouldn't, again, let you go, they, would, they wouldn't let you go to school. Right. So well, what it is, I'm you know what it is. You know, what, it, what it is, they want, they want you to have that, that driver's license to show that you're a U.S. citizen. All right, that's what it well, is. And well, my my, and unfortunately, my United States passport says I'm a U.S. citizen. So, you know, yeah, um, but it's under, that, my, I guess my question gonna say to that, you is go on. that passport gonna say that whether you're a national or not. It's gonna because U.S. citizen has three different um, definitions to it. Correct. Three different meanings. I mean, for the word, yeah, you, you know, U.S. United States. So, but go ahead, right. go ahead. So again, um, after the conference call. They told me to go back to my area. Ten minutes later, they called me up front. The U.S. Marshals arrested me and put me in the hole for 37 days. But they never gave me a shot. So under 42 U.S.C. 1983, you can't be retaliated while you're in the grievance process. That was my you initial can, thing. I, I mean, you you can do it. You can do it 42, you know, in 1983 if you want to. I mean, if you want to go through all of that, I mean, hell, I spent like shit. I did almost a year in the hole, all right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like I'm just glad to be away from the people. I, I, I don't have nothing to do with the U.S. government right now, you know, I'm, I'm and I'm grateful for that, you know. But if you sure. want to uh, tank with them, you have that right to tangle with them if you want. But I think you could probably spend your time more productive in other areas instead of trying to get revenge or something like that. Now, I will say this, though, that um, if um, – you know, a guilty plea kills all known and unknown defenses. All right, number one. I want to say, I want to put that out there first. For anybody thinking, because uh-huh. they got a document called One Man Out, where Aaron, Aaron Coates, he did a very lengthy process where he went through, first he did his secure party process, you know, filed his UCC1, did a UCC11, right. did his security agreement, uh, did all, uh, you know, contacted the Social Security Administration, rescinded his Social uh-huh. Security number, uh, went to the IRS regional director, informed him of what was going on, uh, wrote the uh, uh, the uh, IRS, uh, the head of the IRS told him, Secretary of Treasury, he wrote letters to everybody 
letting him mm-hmm. and, and what he did in his letters he detailed the fraud he let them know that he understood uh in what capacity mm-hmm. the united states was operating in you know he kind of laid everything out real nice and then after that he went into a uh he started doing all of his court work trying to sue the people okay. and all of that kind of stuff only after that he did a habeas corpus went in for the habeas corpus and then after that uh he got free then he uh went into suing him i don't know what the status of him is a uh, lawsuit is against him, but he didn't do the lawsuit against him until he could document the fraud perpetrated against him very thoroughly. It takes a lot of thorough, a lot of people don't understand. It takes a lot of step-by-step documentation. Um, just like in putting a lien on someone, like a lot of people try to put liens on people, but they don't understand how to do document everything they do step-by-step. There is an attorney in Washington state, who has a lien on the bar association in uh, the state of Washington. His name is Stephen Wozni. Okay. And he got a lien on them back like in 2003, he's been selling it for the last 15 years. And he sold it to a guy. He sold it to a guy in Greece. He got, he got like something like, I don't forgot what, what the amount of the lien is, but it's up there in the billions. And he sold a portion of it to a guy in Greece. And that guy in Greece tried to use it, to pay off the national debt. It's all on YouTube. Y'all just don't know what really? y'all looking at. I went and researched. It's all on YouTube. And people ain't paying attention to what's going on in other countries. So this guy, he's a big figure over in Greece. He's trying to pay off the national debt. And what he's trying to pay off the national debt with is this, uh, he, got a, he, got an, he got an assignment from this lien from this attorney over in the United States. So they blasting up. So they took it, he took it to the Supreme Court. And it's because they tried to say he was a fraud. You know how they do. He's a fraud. Right. All this kind of stuff. The Supreme Court rule. Well, we don't see what y'all talking about. This is a this is a valid lien and has value. And we don't see how it don't have any value. They got a Supreme Court ruling on it. Okay. I didn't research. I was going to do a video on YouTube on all this, but I didn't know if I want to put it that attorney. You know, because people ain't researched it to the to the length that I have. And, sure, but it I probably know. needs to be put out there. But I don't know if I wanted to put that attorney uh, information. The attorney he got disbarred because uh, what had happened was he got a case. He got a default judgment against a judge, and they wouldn't sign it. They wouldn't execute on it. And so he took it all the right. way to the Supreme Court of Washington State. They didn't refuse to do it. He said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna use a private remedy on it." He put a lien on the ass. And what he did was he used the process right out of cracking the code, third edition, where he copyrights his name and he did a copyright right. violation on him. Gotcha. Hey man, got it. This is an attorney. Attorney did wow. this. I can show it to you. You got access to the UCC in Washington State. You can go on the internet and look it up yourself and put in his name. Okay. Stephen Wise, it'll pop up, and you'll see all the assignments that he got in the in the commercial chamber. I went and researched all of it, but you know, you might want to do a private process. I don't know about using the courts. I, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in that. Right? When you okay. really understand, you know, what court system, what the court system is all about, and everything. I mean, you can do it, but are you going right. to get paid off of it? What you looking at? Get some money or something like that? You know, I mean, I don't know. You know. I mean, they yeah. did me bad, too. You know, they, like, put a whole bunch of falsified stuff in my jacket to put me in the hole to keep me out of general population. And then when I got out, they said, oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, you know, we made a mistake. But they do stuff just, like, they, listen, man, you know how the feds are. All right, when you get behind yeah, the wall. all you got to do is piss the CEO or somebody. They're going to write you up somebody. and put you. 
They're going to put your ass in the cold. In my situation, like I said, I had I had no shots. And when I got back, one of the senior, one of the, you know, one of the uh, uh, sergeants who knew me before was like, well, what the hell are you doing back here? And he just happened to pull, he pulled the whole file because, you, you know, there's a file that the um, that the prison has, and then there's the big file that goes to D.C., to the um, to the Department of Justice. He pulled both the files. Right. He said, man, Hicks, there ain't nothing on you. There is nothing on you. So, you know, um, I do. That I was that person at the. That was that person at the halfway house. See, I don't know how your conversation went at halfway house, but you know, the halfway well, it wasn't house really was the halfway different. house. It was the regional director. Um, her name was Latanya yeah, I mean, Robinson. She's the yeah, one I mean, who pulled the trick. Okay, but it's like this: halfway house is a privilege. It's a privilege, right. man. You don't have no right to halfway house. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no right to it. You know? Well, so I don't know. That, you know? That, there's actually a law that says. And I don't remember off the top of my head that Congress is, is not part of the Second Chance Act, I believe. And again, this is that once you, if you don't have any shots, or it's actually they make you go to the halfway house. And because I was doing some research, if you deny the halfway house, you have to have a reason not to go to the halfway house. And if it's not right, they're going to put you in the hole until you get released. Now, this is, like I said, I've only been home 19 months. So, um, you know. Um, and I have one other real quick question to ask you, and it's similar. I had a problem with one of my POs, um, white guy, young dude, straight police, um, wrote up some documentation on me that had me arrested. Now I beat the, I beat the charges and the feds gave me a year off because of the way I wrote my documentation. I hit him with a ton of, a ton, tons and tons. That's all I did in them behind the walls, play basketball, go to the mosque, and, and stay in the law library. The, the New Hampshire Federal um, United States Attorney basically said, we're going to give you two year, we're going to give you a year off. Um, <laughs> you know, we dropped the charges, and that's what happened. Do I have any recourse? I have probably, if I wanted to attack the, um, the probation officer for fraud, because in, in a documentation to get violated from probation, you have to sign it under 28 U.S.C. 1746. And he made four separate items where he lied under oath, under the perjury charge. I mean, if you can, if you can prove he lied under oath, I mean, uh, uh, probably perhaps so. But probation, you know, is still incarceration. You ain't got no right to probation, you know. But- it's like, you know, probation is like, you know, I've read a lot of um, um, case law. You know, you really need to go to the law library and pull up um, some books on probation and read the case law on it, because I'm sure they got plenty of case law on that. I haven't, I can't remember all the case law off the, off the top of my head, but there was a point where I was doing a lot of research on that. And it basically, oh. it amounts to a lot of, you know, probation is like a, a privilege, Halfway house is okay. like a privilege. Those are privilege. You know, they don't have to do none of that. You know, they can just like, hey, we can keep you in it because the warden has the power to release you at any time. You know, Correct. but it comes down to the warden. You know, if the warden don't want you to leave, you ain't leaving until that last minute, second, your time expires. You know, you walk Correct. out the prison. After that, if they keep you beyond that, it's a problem. But, right. uh, you know, you're you essentially a slave. You know, when you read the 13th Amendment, 
It tells you very clearly that when you're incarcerated, you're a slave, and slaves don't have no rights. You, it's, it's called civil death. Look up the book. Right. Uh, look up the definition in the Black's Law Dictionary, where you lose all mm-hmm. rights to vote, all rights to everything. You know, so right. I, I, you know, I, I can only think in terms of a private remedy. Um, you know, going through the court system, trying to get some sort of a remedy on that. It, while it may be possible, I'm not saying that it's not possible. Right off the top of my head, I can't really, other than a 1982 violation or something like that. Um, uh, I, I can't. I can't. I can't think of too much stuff right off the top of my head. You know what I'm saying? No, that's fine. Unless, because I understand. Listen, I understand where you at. You know, it's like you know, you pissed off about it. Pisses you off, but you're free now. I would. I would spend my time. You know, trying to uh, uh, create some sort of business for myself or something like that, or get out there and you know try to be productive and everything instead of wasting time with them folks. Uh, you got away from. Well, that. I mean, I do you have to from- working on but it's it's kind of like the if you don't you know you don't cross that last t it comes back to bite you but i mean i'm off in form in, in june so i mean it was just well, idea what i would do, what, what I would do is i would I, I would i would get a copy of my criminal record from the fbi you know go get your fingerprints go get a copy of that and then start mm-hmm. discharging all that off you know, start writing okay. them, and you know, start and then start discharging all that off. You know, start bonding all of them cases, because uh, that's what if you want, if I was gonna do anything to them, that's what I would start doing if I were you. I would start doing that. That would be my first step, because you know, you talking about crossing your eyes and dotting your t's. Uh, well, start correcting your status with them. That'd be the first right. thing, real clear, because you ain't really afforded any rights. You only got benefits and privileges unless you private, unless you can prove you're right. a private citizen. Because you know you got a social security card, all this. You know that's probably another reason why she was tripping. You got because you know they give you your social security card when you get released. They have all that in your jail. Make sure you have a social security card when you get released, and all Correct. that. And uh, 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 so you know they make they they all they saying is you a U.S. citizen, you property of the United States government. We can do whatever we want to do with you, essentially. You know now they they do got a lot of rules and prisoners' rights and everything like you read in there, but. I ain't been able to read too many too much case law where prisoners have won a lot of cases outside of maybe having a right to their legal uh work uh you know some things like that you know maybe you know you you, you got the halfway house is fair you're supposed to get that and all that but I mean what you looking to get some money from them or something that's what I'm trying to see what what is it that you're trying to accomplish well, here's ultimately my main concern is, and I had different conversations with different people that knew more about me. When you're on the halfway house, you're at the second lowest level. Because again, there was never a a, a incident report to put me in solitary confinement for 37 days as a violation of the standards. Period. End of story. They didn't follow their that own rules. Fall- that would definitely fall in, was it, 42 U.S.C. 1986? I mean... Yeah, 1986. That definitely falls into something like that, you know, in my opinion. Correct. correct. And then, again, and then, uh, you know, them knowing, one, that I had the serious PTSD and put me in there without any issues, again, uh, was, on, is it, you know, my sense, hey, that's mental abuse. I mean, that's physical and mental abuse. Period. I, agree. I mean, whether I agree. that would 
court, but I have documented from from 2001 that X, Y, and Z. The people in prison knew about it. I had 32, um, you know, cop, cop outs to the um, to the warden about it. So uh, ultimately, you know, I when I've done and I did well, you, a lot of. You using all this uh, all this uh, terminology? People listening don't know what the hell you talking. About. I ain't heard cop out so long. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they still use that word cop well, outs and everything in there. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's for guys who've been there. The, I guess the, right. the ultimate question is: is I'm in the process. I have started a little uh, a forex business. Um, you know, do I put the energy? And I'm asking you because you kind of been in my situation. You I know, will put my energy they, they, in my I'll put, put my energy in my forex business and I'm gonna tell you why because like when I got out um mm-hmm. I thought I thought oh you know I'm a smart guy you know I I've had professional jobs before and all of this so when I got out I didn't think it was going to be a problem you know like me getting a job or anything you know you come out you know you shell shot you first get out you you know you walking <laughs> on air cuz you happy you walking on air cuz you happy to be free but, you know, you're trying to start your life over. You're trying to do the right thing. You know, you got this attitude in your mind, I don't want to go back in there. So right. I'm like, you know, if you, especially if you got children or something like that, you know, you don't want to be taken away from your family again, anything like that. So you're like, okay, I'm going to try to do the right thing. You know, you get this speech from your probation officer uh, when you go out here and apply for jobs. You know, tell these people the truth. We got insurance. Uh, they get tax, uh, uh, tax benefits for hiring prisoners. You know, they give you all that, that fucking speech and everything. They don't mean shit. Yeah, I want sure it's one allowed. So you go ahead and try to get a job. And then what I'm going to tell you from my experience, I was like, God damn, I didn't know they was this biased against ex-felons. You know, it was like, it yeah. was at a level that I didn't expect. So, you know, <clears> they were doing things like, you know, I applied for a job. You know, I remember one this time I took this, uh, I, I applied for this job and I had to get tested. I scored higher than any other applicant. So they called me right. and they, they called me on the phone, really excited. Uh, oh, you know, we're excited. You scored higher than anybody else. Come on in. So I come in for the interview and I'm sitting there and I gave him a resume and I told the truth on everything. But, you know, I had like a five year gap in my resume where I hadn't been employed. So they said, uh, right. well, you know, we noticed that you have gaps in your employment history um, could you explain that to us? And uh, I was like, well, sir, you know, uh, I'm going to be frank with you. Um, I was recently released um, from prison. However, uh, so that's the reason for the gap. However, I want to assure you that you're going to have an employee that's going to be on time. I've, uh, I'm sorry, sir. Um, I ensure you mm-hmm. allow it. Thank you. I'm like, hey, you know, it was so disrespectful. I they did a 180 on me and shit. I'm in the, in the damn interview. I'm looking like Damn! All right, so then I go to another. This happened to me like three, four straight times. So I got beat down. I got beat down to the point where I'm trying to get a temporary job. Okay, I'm saying, well, fuck. Let me go get a temporary. Go to a temporary agency and get a job with a temporary agency. I show up at a temporary agency. They got on the door that if you have ever been incarcerated, don't bother applying here. It said just like that. All right, so. The, the guy who owned the temporary agency was coming out. I started cussing him out. He don't even probably just say no <laughs> I cussed him out. I said, you motherfucker, you, you know, and everything. Because so I, I was so frustrated at this point. I remember to this day exactly where I was at, 
what I was doing when that happened, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I remember walking away from that office downtown, walking down the sidewalk, and picturing in my mind, I had a grenade in my hand over my shoulder, blowing up a bridge that connected me to a job. I said, I will never apply for a job again. What I did was I started um, reading real estate. I went to this website called reidepot.com, which I'm right. It's a funny thing because today I was pulling all the articles off that website, and uh, I make a manual. I learned how to do real estate investing from that. 30 days later, I did my first real estate deal. I did a flip on a house and got $5,000, and uh, I'll tell you why I did it. I started, um, after that point right there, I didn't have a car. I was living with my aunt, and uh, uh, I didn't have a car, and I was in school. I was, I, I enrolled in school like you're trying to do. So I enrolled in school. So I was going to school in the daytime, and then while I was at the university, I'd go into the uh, library and use the computers and print out all these documents. So I was reading about real estate investing. And the first thing I cool. saw was how to, how to flip vacant houses. So I started mm-hmm. walking through the neighborhoods, uh, writing down addresses of vacant houses, going to the tax assessor's website, finding out who the owner is, and then I started sending out letters to all of these people. And then eventually uh, somebody called me. Well, I called them. I called this guy. The seventh phone call I made, uh, asked the guy if he wanted to buy the house. I had learned in that short time how to uh, do uh, comps, you know, compared to market mm-hmm. analysis and so forth. And then I end up making a $5,000 flip. I did a contract with him for like 38000 This is in Augusta, Georgia. Our property values are different back then. This is like 15 years, 20 years ago. I did a, uh, okay. I did a flip. I did a flip on it. And uh, I made. I went to the closing pick table in short and picked about a $5,000 check. And then I gave mm-hmm. my, my, my probation. My probation officer was like, okay, you good. You know what I'm saying? I brought the check and everything. And he's like, what you got there doing? You trying to do some more crime you already do. But then I said, I say, look, man, I'm in school, I'm on the dean's list, and I'm I'm doing real estate, and it, we were good after that. So I didn't have any uh, any problems, and I never looked back after that. I didn't look back after that right there because I, what I saw was these motherfuckers want me to be a janitor. I can tell you some demeaning stories because it, it's so many demeaning stories of how I got treated. So my message to you would be to concentrate on your business, how you're going to make a living for yourself. You need to be an expert in something. A lot of brothers come out, they be in there, and they be studying Forex, you know, uh, and all that. I got another friend, he came out uh, last year. He was doing the same thing. He's trying to do Forex trading. But a lot of times you need the money, the capital, you know, to make some big money in doing that. Okay, unless you're going to put some investment group or something like that, uh, some investment group or something like that together. You know, that's going to fund you for that right there. You know, but then you don't have no track record where you can demonstrate that you made money for nobody in forex trading. All right, so you got to feel battle with you doing that. Go ahead. No, I was just you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I've been studying the forex market. I've been home 19 months now. I've been studying it for 12 months. There, and and again, this is kind of getting away from the whole scenario, but it's part of the conversation that we're having is. Ultimately, we got to learn how to be able to be self-sufficient. Whether it's start, you know, starting this business, or exactly. that, you have to be your own boss. Ultimately, also you got to tie that with getting out. Of, you got to change your status. Period. End of story. Yeah. 
that 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 separates the scenario for them to even be able to come at you where they can put you in prison. As long as you stay in order, you, you don't have to go through that process. But I'm not at that point. You're not at that point. But I think it's ultimately uh, one of the things I want to, once I've gotten to that place, I want to put together the scenario for brothers that are coming out that don't understand it. Because where I was at, there was a lot of dudes that were learning, like they were on the UCC one, but they took all the UCC books out of Beaumont, and they wouldn't yeah, allow them to be shipped. You know yeah, what I mean? They, they, yeah, they took out. On, they um, restricting a lot of information that's flowing through the prisons now on this subject, and which also lets you know how important it is, because they'll go and say, well, you know, this don't have no credence to it and all that. Okay, well, why the fuck y'all care about what we're doing? If we filing the UCC one, doesn't uh, only thing on the UCC one is your name and your straw man's name. Okay, Correct. you ain't following no lean against nobody or, or bothering nobody. It's all your stuff. So why you got a problem with me doing it if it's nothing? If it's nothing. Well, that's because it is. Because those of, those of us in the know know that's a lie. It is something. They it's know a it's tool something. to be able to get free, and they don't want you to be able to get free. And that's what it gets. I had a partner of mine that tried to send three of them out the third time. They put them in the hole for, for 90 days. So, yeah, but, they, 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 that's an investigation. Right, they probably yeah, put, they, they they put, put them under the, exactly. They put, they put the investigation. I already know. I <laughs> see they did the same yeah. thing to me. They, 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 you know, they uh, they have the uh, who's that in there? The, it's not the uh, they got an investigative unit that comes in there. The SIS. Yeah, yeah, they call it SIS. Yeah, right. SIS. Exactly. SIS. Yeah, it comes. Yeah, it comes. Right, and they, they're the ones that you got to talk to, or if a dude owes you money and ch- checks in, SIS comes running up on your block. Do you know this dude? And why you talk? You know what I mean? Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take up too much of your time, brother. I do appreciate you talking to me. I mean, I've been stuck on you know the past, you know, but I needed to hear from somebody that one has been through my shoes, and number two, yeah, le- yeah, the past because you understand. Bro. The past you know what I mean? Gone. You understand that whole, like you yeah. said, the job. I had a real, you know, I was on the road as a consultant. You know, I built when you, planning applications for 20 years. Yeah, when you, when you, when you, when you come, when you, I don't know how long, how long were you gone? How long were you gone? 37 months. 37, yeah, a lot can change in 37 months. You know what I'm right. saying? On the outside, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and people don't understand that, you know, I, I told the prosecutor, not too long ago, I said, look, I don't think nobody need longer than five years to make a change. Five years is a long goddamn time. You know, you know, said if it's a victimless crime. If, I said, if a motherfucker don't change his mind in five years about his ways and everything, all right, well, then you can, you know, he go back and you can hit him with the, with the big time. But they be hitting motherfuckers with the big time off the rip. 15 years, Whoa. 20 years, 30 years, shit like that. They be getting motherfuckers crazy amounts of time. And people don't really understand that. People out on the, on the outside don't understand how draconian the federal government is against its own citizens, and that's only because they they got a, they got this plan. They try to take people off the street, and they target mostly like young blacks between the ages of eighteen to thirty five. Those are your productive years when you can have children and all of that. So they don't want you out there reproducing, okay, and taking mm-hmm. care of your family and all of that kind of stuff. Okay, they uh they also making money off of it because they're bonds. Because you got to understand the Grace Commission report. The Grace Commission report is very important for people to read and understand. 
The Grace Commission report let everyone know that 100% of your taxes goes to pay the interest on the national debt, and it does not go to all the services that you expect your government to pay. So your taxes ain't going to pay for streets and federal programs and all that bullshit and paying for prisoners in prison like y'all think. Y'all said, we taxpayers paying for prisons. No, the fuck you not. Okay, the prison industry been privatized. Okay, they right. operate that shit through bonds. Okay, yeah. human slavery. That's it. That's it. Just you like getting a lawyer. Just like getting a lawyer. They say, you know, they're spending taxpayers' money. Oh, they ain't spending a goddamn dime of your money on that. Well, the government, the government's still in bankruptcy from 1933, man. They in bankruptcy. And because they're in bankruptcy, that's why everything operates through bonds. They use exactly. the bonds, and, and they don't have no other collateral for the bonds but human people. It was they interesting. Didn't, they, didn't, they didn't gave oh. they everything. They didn't put everything in the pawn shop. That's what a pledge is. Pawn. You and pawns are you uh, pledge. The nuts is the is the is the is the is the uh, uh, the, the cash machine. The human beings. The human beings. So they can't get. They didn't already gave all the land, all the states in on it. They gave all the land up. Your automobiles, mm-hmm. your houses, why you pay property taxes and everything. That's why you got to register your car because you don't own none of that goddamn shit. They're just letting you use it because it's all been pledged for the debt. That's why you make them pay. That's why they make you pay. You got to pay for your registration right. every year. You got to pay for your property taxes every year, all that. Because you're leasing the shit. Because right. you don't pay it. Well, it's actually human it trafficking. Really look at it, to be honest. But it is. What they, that's what it is. And people need to exactly understand everything because they don't pay. They think because they don't pay property taxes every month that they own it. No, they just got you on like a year, little yearly thing where you got to pay on every a yearly year, note. Year. They got you on a yearly note. Right. And especially like, especially with the bonds, like I found out, um, I was reading this document that every time you meet privately with your probation officer, one, they get jurisdiction on you and they're able to go and, and hit your SQA right. trust. Every single time that you're alone with you, when they kept having me after I, I got arrested in April, and I went to court like four or five times. I mean, right after right after I wrote all the motions, um, the the motions I wrote, and they, the government dismissed those charges. They kept having me come back because they were going to give me my time off, but they wanted to. As well, we're going to give you to see how you're doing, and then another three months, and I'm like, yo, all you're doing is taxing. My SQA test, because you know I'm getting ready, ready to get off of your system. Period. End of story. Correct. That's all. That's also why the last, um, the last probate. They're gonna switch up probation officers on you probably about three or four they, times. They did. They did. And that the guy last four months at him. So. Yeah, the last probation officer. He's trying to violate you and put you back in. That's his. That's his job. Put you back yeah. in. So that's you got to be careful. careful. You got to be careful these you last know, couple of months because his whole job is to put that recidivism that they talk about and all that shit, that last that's probation. Right. The first one you get, be cool as fuck. He be cool and everything. The last one you get going to be, they're going to give you the biggest asshole they can find that's going to nitpick you to death on every little thing you do. You, know, you try to have well, a job, I, you won't tax you want tax reports on and all this shit. When it says very well, clearly that you don't have to work no job, you can work a job or have your own business. Uh, you can you can right. do whatever you need to do to provide for yourself. As long as it's legal, long you ain't got to go just, get no goddamn you have, job. You just got to validate your, how your income is coming in. 
Exactly. They want you to do all yeah. that. Now, what you just said about them getting jurisdiction over you when you come into the office, mm-hmm. that's absolutely 100% true. That's why when people ask me about discharge and probation, I'll, I'll, I will leave you with this. If you're going to discharge mm-hmm. the probation, mm-hmm. you can't go back in that office no more. Right. But, see, if you don't go into the office or they call you, that's an immediate violation. You're going back to prison. That's the catch. Exactly. That's, it, well, but it is in the United States federal system. You know, it's right I, I, there I in, in not only no, notice, the state of notice New Hampshire, what I said but in about, the, um, the sentencing guidelines. Notice guide what like I said. Mm-hmm. Notice what I said. I said discharge of probation. Okay, if you have done what you need to do to discharge it, okay, yes, then if you go back, whether you discharge it or not, if you go back in there, they're going to come, they're coming for you and everything. It's a, it's a lot of detailed stuff that goes into that that most people are not going to take, make the necessary effort to accomplish. And that's why I always get Correct. these questions about discharge and probation and all this kind of stuff right here. And I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you can do it, but. You know, are you willing to, first of all, do you have the balls to do it? And secondly, do you uh, have the wherewithal to go through all the paperwork to get it done and so forth? So those right. are the things that, you know, I don't talk about because, you know, I ain't trying to get nobody arrested. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't went through all of that. Man, I went through a lot of stuff with these people. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm, and people think, well, you know all this stuff. I'm like, look, once you didn't battle the dragon, you ain't in a hurry to go back and battle them again. People be thinking right. like, you want to rush back into these courtrooms and everything and go at these people again. It's like, you need to respect them for the power that they got. They got right. power now and they, and they don't always exercise it fairly. That's the thing. Exactly. You know, if, you, if they were, if they exercise their power fairly, I would say, yeah, do X, Y, and Z and do this. But it's not the fact that, you know, that what you're saying is not true. It's the fact that the person you're going up against is like a motherfucking demon. That's why it's so important when like, like with my show, the mm-hmm. object of my show, because people talk about remedies, remedies, remedies. Okay, yeah, remedies are fine. But the most important thing is spreading awareness so everybody Correct. knows what's going on. Because right? everybody doesn't know. I, this is how, in this game I'm in, it only, the only people who pay attention to you are the people who are going through something. You can Correct. tell somebody something, I. Right, but then, okay, like if they catch a case, nah, man, I'm going to get an attorney. They'll come and talk to you after. Okay, but but see, they they won't understand that until after they get the attorney. You know, the attorneys will talk shit. Oh, you need an attorney. Don't listen to this person. Okay, go get you an attorney. I guarantee you, you'll be back. All right, they'll be back. I'm going they'll that come with back. My little, my little cousin right go, now. After that attorney mm-hmm. dragged their ass. And to see that that attorney ain't doing nothing but lying to you, because that's what you're going to find out. He ain't going to do nothing but straight up lie to you all the way. Act like he cool with you, talk real nice and friendly and all this shit right here. But at the end of the day, he can't do shit for you except probably negotiate the best plea deal possible or something like that. And in the feds, they use a point system. You know, they use the federal sentencing guidelines. You get three points for acceptance of responsibility, but then they come back and hit you with two points for right. of that. A point for this or that. Or something like that. <laughs> that basically, you know, that basically cancels out whatever they, they made gave a decision. You. They've already made the decision, and they're just putting out the time until they, you kind of make your plea. That's they already know how much out. time you're going to get. All they're going to do is the paperwork and – and make it all up and everything said equal out the time you're going to get. They already know how much time you're going to get. 
They already made the decision. The federal system, and that, that's based off of if you're going to be a snitch, okay, you're going to do a Rule 35, you, you're going to snitch on your people, they're going to hammer you and everything. You don't want to be a snitch. 5K was the last page on the book. That's the reason why as soon as you walk into prison, you got 30 days to show your paperwork. <laughs> so. They do that now? They, I thought they stopped letting people have their Come PSI on, at, in federal prison. They don't oh. let y'all have y'all PSI no more in the, in the jail, do they? In prison? Oh, no, no, no. They, they don't allow that because it's it's not like, and again, I, w- I went in in 2004, and, you know, again, I, I got my case in New Hampshire, but I was down in Texas, and it's just messy down there because you got the different gangs, and some gangs can be on some compounds. But dudes are doing these things, and as soon as they find out the time, they snitches. And that's where all of, um, the majority of violence behind the wall is because a dude snitched on somebody, and he's on, he's on the compound. You right. Know? You know, they still have separatese on stuff like that, but they don't. But right. that's what they're responsible to go to their counselor for all of that kind of shit and have a separatese issue. When I first you have any issues, what gang you from, are you Muslim, da-da-da, da-da-da. You know, we see your crimes, you better, da, 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 you have any, you know, and then they read, you know, they already know who, what, when, and where you are when you hit them, when you hit the gun, when you hit the, when you Yeah, hit they the do. Yard. Yes, they do. You know what I'm saying? It's all over. It's like a really small, insular environment. Everybody know everything about everything in there. So, you know, you can't so, hide shit or nothing like that. Especially if you got somebody in there who know you, <laughs> you know, and, you yeah, know, so, everybody gonna know. When the, when the bus came in, the CEO's already go. We get three Mexicans, two dudes, and two snitches. They done already told the shot callers, and they waiting for them. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So on yeah, Wednesday, we always knew we were locked down. Yeah, when he processing in, they supposed to know that if somebody tell you, you know, somebody here, you, he's supposed to go to his council and ask for a separatist. Then they take you, put right. you in solitary, and transfer you they off the compound. put you in the hole until they figure out what they're going to do with you. They're going to they talk you. to yeah. you. And then they're going to read the paperwork, and a lot of times they're going to ship them out. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's, again, the scenario. And, and like you were saying, they've attacked. This has been a process that the government has done for years. I was in Miami in the 80s. I was in New York in the 90s. And when you look at right after Lenny Bias died, they changed the drug law, what did that do? That worked out a whole generation of 20 to 20, 30-year-olds. And they got all 20 years. I was down with a bunch of them down there. Uh, that's what I said. I, I, I said that just by observation that, you know, they target young people. You know, Miami is where down in Miami. Uh, no, and uh, I think it's uh, uh, not Miami. Uh, uh, Fort La- no, um, uh, Miami. I want it down in Florida. I forgot what what uh, what uh, city it is. But that's where they send a lot of the younger guys, like 18-year-olds and stuff like that. They keep them on 23-hour lockdown down there. That people well, don't know that they lock down doing, 23 hours a day. Right. What they do now is, again, like you know the point system, you know, if you're under 37, I mean, if you're under 26, you're going right to the pen. It don't matter. You're going to learn your lesson. And then you got to yep. learn your way down to mediums that's, and all of that and everything like that. And so, how I know all this? Because I was a jailhouse lawyer, and I used to look at, um, I used to look at, you know, so I used to look at, you know, people bring me their paperwork, their court paperwork. Hey, man, look at my paperwork. Can you help me out? Yada, yada, yada. 
And so in looking at so many different people's paperwork, what I would see is the same thing over and over. This ridiculousness. Um, and basically, the ma- most of the people that they put in, in prison, they ignorant of the law. You know, 90, 90, 98%, 99% of the people go in, don't know the first thing lick of law. They don't even know what happened to them. They don't even know right. what their indictment is really saying or anything like that. They don't even know what an indictment is. You know, they just know the word. They read it and something right. like that. They don't know. And you see all this stuff in here. I learned so much. I'm going to tell you, I learned the most I learned when I was in Miami. Because Miami, you know, it's like an international type city. Right. You, you know, the they FC, uh, FC, uh, yes. FC, FCS, FCI over there, right? Yeah. Down yeah. in all, they, um, um, was it the one? Was it in um, Homestead, right? I was in. I was in pretrial. They got that big building downtown. That's when I first okay, looked out yeah, the I window. Know what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're right talking across, about. Yeah, right, Avenue, right, right across the street from the, um, right, the hospital. From the courthouse. From the courthouse. Right, yeah. And when you look, when I know you, when you look down, I lived in Miami for years back in the eighties. You still want around. You, you do know that court. You do that. Know that courthouse is shaped like a ship. Right. It's shaped like yeah. a ship. Right. And the, mm-hmm. and the grass is cut like water. Okay. It's admiralty. Right. They showing you. You know. You're going on a boat when you go into that courthouse. You're going on a boat, and you're coming out of admiralty jurisdiction. All right, so this is things we try to get, uh, relate to people. You get on the internet and people listening to me and pull up the Miami federal courthouse shaped like a ship. It looks like a big to, boat, exactly. Go, I, I go to Google Images, go to Google mm-hmm. Images, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, it's a boat. All right, so they try mm-hmm. to they try to play all these games and all this kind of stuff. But the thing about it is, with 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 the federal government, man, is that the, the main thing you got to be private. Okay, and it's difficult. The main, the number one thing that they got us on is that money, using them Federal Reserve notes. Notes. Because that's what everybody in there is arrested for. You got drugs. You in there for drugs. You really in there because you're getting Federal Reserve notes. It's not so much. I don't think it's so much you're doing the drugs because you have the right really to do with your body whatever you want to do. Okay, it is that you are engaged in business transactions using Federal Reserve notes in a way that that has not been prescribed by them. And that's why every time you look at everybody's indictment, it says that you violated interstate commerce. Look at your indictment. I was going to tell you the exact same thing. Right. It's in interstate commerce. It's everybody's everybody's indictment. Heather Ann Tucci. The interstate commerce allows whatever they want with you after that point. Well, it gives them jurisdiction because it's a commercial crime. Uh, It's a commercial crime. So, and when you understand it's a commercial crime, well, where do they get that authority? Out of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 3. They got the uh, right to regulate commerce. Now, under Article right. 1, Section 8, that's where all of their enumeration of their powers for the legislature is at. And that is the only thing they can adjudicate in their courts. So when you go into a U.S. District Court, a U.S. District Court is Article 1 Court. It was merged with the Commerce Court back in the early 1900s. They experimented with the Commerce Court about four, uh, four years and then they dissolved it, and then the district courts took on what the commerce courts were doing. So it assimilated the district courts, assimilated the commerce courts. Y'all go on Wikipedia and read this. Just put up uh, commerce court, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So when you go in there, they are exercising that commercial jurisdiction. These administrators that are in there who are, are masquerading as judges, right? and, they, and this is what else they did to deceive you. They gave these judges lifetime tenure 
as, and a protection against salary diminution, but it's coming through a statute. See, this is what people don't understand. If Congress is putting an act or a statute out, it's letting you know it's Article One. The Constitution, a constitutional judge gets their delegation of authority from the Constitution. An Article One judge or Article One court gets its authority from a statute or an act. So when you see right. like the Judiciary Act, okay, it's letting you know. Okay, our oh. entire court system is Article One. You ain't got to be, people say, well, where's the proof in all this? The proof is in understanding the law. It's in understanding separation of powers, the principles of the Constitution. If you don't understand the Constitution, yeah, all this is a conspiracy theory to you. But it ain't no goddamn conspiracy theory if you know the goddamn Constitution. Right. What 98% of the population is totally ignorant of today. That's what it is. People listening. Listening to this show, ain't never even picked up the Constitution and read it. And then if they have, they don't even know the seven principles that govern it. They read a damn case law, and I say, well, what are you talking about? I'm saying this judge is making a decision based off of cons- like the Ashwander rules. The Ashwander rules is about separation of powers. You got to exhaust all your administrative remedies in this Article One court first before the Supreme Court will entertain a constitutional question. Because yep. of separation of powers. They have to defer to Article 1 before it gets into Article 3. And I can understand why they're doing that. Because they said, like, all oh, y'all motherfuckers is U.S. citizens. Right. How y'all can come to us and have a constitutional question? When Congress when you're, when has you're, you're in the wrong court. Power, you're in the wrong court because Congress has plenty airy That's what they look at. They look at it first. They first it's standing status case or controversy. Those are things they look at, standing, status, case, or controversy. They look at your standing and status first before they go to the case of controversy. And they look at, okay, well, this motherfucker got a Social Security card, he's a U.S. citizen, driver's license, he was Federal Reserve, he was doing drugs, doing business with Federal Reserve notes. Now you coming in here talking about you want to come into a constitutional court. No, motherfucker, go over there and deal with that Article One court, all right, because they got jurisdiction over all this shit. Because of separation of powers, we cannot interfere with Congress and what they're doing. All right? But if you can't get no remedy over there, and we find out that there is some sort of constitutional violation where your rights have been infringed upon, we will take a look at it then. But Congress exactly. put CFR in... Exactly. CFR 27, Section 72.11. All crimes are commercial. That's where they hit commercial. U.S. And, Period. And, and then, look at this. Look at this. Habeas corpus is in the Constitution. Constitution. But, yep. they got a, but they got a, uh, but they got the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, 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 a 20, what is it, uh, 2255, 2254, and a 2241. Okay, 2241 is a pretrial, a pretrial habeas corpus, 2254 is state, 2255 is federal. Okay, well, these are statutory right. habeas corpuses. Mm-hmm. They're statutory. You know, they, they call it, it's colorable. they copying thing from the Republic or from what's called, you know, from over in the private side and then putting it over here. The, the federal, the, the United U.S. Supreme Court has said we protect private rights. That's what they do. I, you, the U.S. Supreme Court in its Republican form, which is the United States Supreme Court of America, not the U.S. Supreme Court. Anytime you see right. U.S. in front of anything, it's letting you know what it is. U.S. District Court, U.S. Supreme Court, uh, U.S. Constitution, U.S. this, U.S. that. That's letting you know what it is. The Supreme Court is the Supreme Court of the United States of America, the United States Supreme Court. 
The Supreme Court of the United States of America and the U.S. Supreme Court are two different things. The U.S. Supreme Court is what was created through that Judiciary Act. And what they do Uh is they use what's called delegation of powers doctrine. They can allow, because in the Constitution it tells you that that where the original jurisdiction of the Supreme Court is an appellate jurisdiction. When they do a delegation of authority over to the U.S., the Article III judges, they're acting in an appellate capacity. All right. All they're doing is, okay, we're going to overlook every. That's why you have the procedures. The procedures are to ensure there are no constitutional violations. So when you go to an appeal court, all all the appeal court judges are looking at is if there was a procedural violation. If there is no procedural violation, then they're going to remand it back. They're going to sustain it. They're going to confirm the decision on the lower court if there's no procedural violation. Okay, so it's all procedure. The procedures are put in place to make sure there's no constitutional violations. When you look at the United States, um, when you look at uh, 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 United States uh, 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 annotated, okay, when you mm-hmm. go into the, it's going to tell you right there that the Supreme Court justices reviewed this book and, and okay, put their stamp of approval on it because the Supreme Court justices are the ones that review the procedures to make sure that they are in line with the Constitution. Okay, they, get, they, they have what's called a commission. That's what uh, that judge was talking about. He said, okay, they gave him a commission. And then a uh, judge, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. He said he felt like that commission was unconstitutional. He said, I feel like it's yeah. unconstitutional. Y'all got us over here because they're the ones that drafted the sentencing guidelines. He said, y'all put this shit on us to draft these sentencing guidelines and everything is unconstitutional. And that's what also with Ju- Justice John Jay. And all them were talking about when you uh, when you go back in history, and there was a letter to Washington uh, to George Washington. It's on Just Steel website. You can you can mm-hmm. find it where he where he okay. was questioning. He said it's Judiciary Act. Okay, it's unconstitutional because you got a judge operating in two offices where they're not compatible <laughs> with each other. And then that's when they came up with this delegation of authority doctrine. I del- and that right. and that's what they have a lot of questions on and the separation is how much of powers power is, is how much power can uh, the legislature delegate to the other branches of government? They delegate some of their power to the uh, agencies, the executive agencies, and they delegate mm-hmm. some of their power to also uh, the judiciary. This is why Trump is 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 uh, going to war with these people because Trump understands. See, Trump is not a attorney. He's a businessman. All these other motherfuckers was attorneys. He a business. All the people who come in and be president, they ain't no attorney. They got problem with like Reagan and people like that. Okay, Trump come in. Okay, he's, a, he's like, what the fuck? You know, this shit y'all doing and everything. So he doing shit like exercising like checks and balances. Okay, y'all won't give me this money to build this wall. All right. Well, I'm gonna pull these people out of Afghanistan and I'm gonna shut down the government. That's called a check. He putting a check on the legislature. That's how right. they do war with each other. He's like, you know, you say y'all can pass a law, but I can refuse. Like for instance, when they do a bill, it go to him to sign. If he don't sign it, they send it back to the legislature. If two thirds of the legislature vote for it, they'll pass it without the president signing it. Well, how the president put a check on that shit? He said, well, y'all can pass that motherfucker, but I'm gonna refuse to enforce it. So then you got to go to the uh, to, to to the Supreme Court. But why he doing that? Approved. Why they gonna take this shit to the Supreme Court? He getting done what he need to get done because it's taking time to do that. That's the game that they play in government. That's how they put checks. That's how the executive 
and the legislature be warring with each other. So what you're seeing is the executive and the legislature warring with each other. Trump ain't did nothing illegal or unconstitutional. He said, okay, we need this goddamn wall bill. Oh, you don't want to pay for it? Okay. All right, well, we're going to cut this money off. Y'all getting all these off these goddamn drugs off of Afghanistan. And then I'm going to shut right. down the government until y'all give me what I goddamn want. He ain't did nothing unconstitutional. He's doing exactly what he has in delegated powers as a president. It's called a check. That's a check on the legislature. And that's what I mean by ignorant populace. Like our population, they don't understand simple constitutional principles. They think we don't have a government of a king. We have a three-headed hydra in the United States of America. We have a legislative, executive, and judicial. And the people in this country... We got kind of like some sort of oligarchy or something like that. Because the people really running thing is the Senate. Right. That's what's run like in, the, like in ancient Rome. Okay, they, follow, they, they copying off Rome. It's the Senate that got all the power. They the ones doing everything. The Caesar, Caesar and the Senate, they used to go at it. And then they had his ass assassinated. You know what I'm saying? Well, Just like ass assassinated. Well, like Kennedy assassinated. Huh? Well, well, yeah, Kennedy wanted to go off the gold standard also. But but on a bigger picture, none of this stuff we learned in school, and, and they never wanted. Just like I've had this conversation with a lot of people, you know, we're taught all the wrong things. You know, Christopher Lummers did not cover America, the whole thing with the Indians and, and the Europeans coming in the 1600s. They don't teach you the real aspects of civics. They don't teach you about the three three different pieces of the government. They don't want us to know. They they need us. Just like, why don't they tell your parents about your birth certificate? Because it's admiralty law. And they could take it's that birth certificate into a bond like, so, and generate revenue because the government is under bankruptcy, under House Resolution they, 192, Public Law 7310, and it still is. And that's how they generate their revenue, period. And that's why you want to take And how they you feel the national debt? You how you kill the national debt, you come off, you go back on the gold standard. All right, that's how you right. pay down the national debt. You get back off, you get, you say, hey, you tell the Federal Reserve to go to hell. Oh, hey, we pay your debt off, but that shit gonna stop increase. The only reason the national debt keep going up because everybody's out here spending Federal Reserve notes. Okay. You using well, the you saw what happened to Gaddafi when he tried Reserve. to do it. They got, they got him so fast it wasn't funny, and that's what that was really about. Let's be honest. There's Kennedy was talking about the same thing. Why do you think he got his head blown Kennedy, Kennedy, uh, The IMF isn't going to allow that to happen. Trump ain't no fool. It ain't just Trump. It's Putin. Uh, it's the head in China. It ain't, it just and, uh, ain't yeah, them. I pay, I pay attention to international law. So the media is controlled by the left, okay, who want Correct. all of this. So you listen to the media, they demonizing Trump and demonizing everything. And that's why I tell people, next time y'all see a news reporter or anybody having a confrontation with Trump, pull up that person's name, put Jew behind it, and see if he's a Jew or not. Almost right. 100% of the time, he's going to be a Jew. All right, when you go back and listen to what was happening in this country, okay, all right, these, this left, they call it the left or the deep state. They got all these little colorful, colorful names for it. But everybody's scared to call it what it is because they don't want to get marked anti-Semitic. Correct. That's why Correct. they got all these other names. They came up with all these other names to describe these people because they don't want to come out and say Jew. So instead of saying Jew, mm-hmm. they'll say, well, it's the left. Uh, it's the uh, deep state. They're saying all this stuff. We know who the hell you're talking about. you got to be educated to know what they're talking about. 
because they ain't going to come out and say y'all Jews because that's immediate. That anti-Semitic is their biggest tool to shut you down if you say anti-Semitic. So they came up with some ingenious ways of describing it, and they call it the left, the deep state, all these different things like this. But that's all it is. Because all of it is controlled by Jews. When he said we're going to take back America, all black people got mad. He ain't talking to y'all. Y'all don't own a goddamn thing. Y'all say he's racist and all of yeah, that. So, he's not racist. Well, and that's what a racist. lot of the brothers used racist. to sit down and we would talk about, you know, like, again, you know, they, they, they you know, this, they came in the library to talk about y'all. We go, They were going through our paperwork. Oh, you can't have this no more. Anything that had anything to do with the UCC, UCCs? They took all the books up out the post, um, out the out the law library. They don't want. They're at a place that where they're so afraid that with the giving people the knowledge, because if people start getting the knowledge and becoming private and know how to conduct themselves in private, the the public's in trouble. Well, this is another reason why you need to do your UCC process because you need to get these people bonds. I right, see the thing okay, about it is sense. they need. They need something to finance government with. All right? they, every time you, you – the thing to go hand-in-hand hand with these processes, they say you don't want to pay taxes. You're a tax protester. All right, well, 100% of the tax is going back to pay the national debt. So you're saying you don't want to help them pay off the national debt. Now, they don't want the national debt paid off. There's a, there's a guy called Jonathan Mack. He's in uh-huh. – uh, if you get Behold a Pale Horse, he's on YouTube, too. Uh, uh, Lindsey Williams did an interview with him from jail. Okay, this man, mm-hmm. he had um, he inherited a lot of land that had a lot of minerals in it, gold, silver, and a lot of other very valuable minerals in it. I, so he, he's the creator of the first land banks. Okay. So he, start, uh, he created his own negotiable instruments backed by, collateralized by the resources in his land. And he went to the national government. He said, look, I got enough to pay off the national debt. He offered to pay off, and they arrested his ass, gave him like, 12 years in prison, doing the same thing they just did to old boy because he wrote a negotiable instrument and they routed it through the ABA system. When dude said, I got instructions on here, don't route it. So that's how he ended up in prison. They say, well, you routed this through our banking system on the public side. You don't have 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 the ability. That's a violation. Well, he said, I had explicit uh, uh, instructions on it not to route it through on the private. These are private instruments. But they locked his ass up because he had the ability to pay off the national debt. But no, who knows about that? That goes ties into the Hunt brothers down in Texas. Right? They yep. were one of the richest, the uh, savings and loans debacle and all of that. They were trying to corner the silver market and all that stuff. You could go back and study that with some open eyes now with the information that I'm giving you because you listen to the media, you ain't going to get the real story of what was going on. They, they've been trying to fight this. When you go ahead and study history, they've been trying to fight this for the longest. What's happening today is nothing new. Like you just said, no. Kennedy, right? he came out, the greatest speech ever gave, uh, gave him. Kennedy just came out and blasted him. Talking about they're going to use right. like emergency situations and all this. Listen to Kennedy's speech. He's the president of the United States. What do you mean we got some sort of conspiracy theory? Goddamn president of the United States told y'all ass all this. <laughs> and then he ended up dead. You know? Ended up dead. He ended up dead. The the goal, and again, one of the reasons why I'm so in tune to you is because, again, I have gone through or I'll give you this example. I have a young cousin right now, got into 
messed up his car. I don't know if he said he was drunk or whatever the case is, but there was no injury. But I said, yo, go get your police report so we can get rid of this before it even gets in front of him. The, the younger people don't want to get this knowledge, unfortunately. It's sad. So I'm yeah, trying to fight with him. The only because, people that really be interested in this is by 35 and up. You got a couple of young people that be interested in it, but you know, you know, young people, they they just, you know, they they ain't they. You know, you, you take a little time. You got to go through some things in life. Like I never was interested in politics and all that when I was younger. I was just interested mm-hmm. in making some money, you know, and right. chasing women and you know things like that. It, it takes you to get some experience in life to understand the importance of being involved in understanding what's going on in the world around you and understanding your responsibility to be informed about, you know, society and everything like that. It takes a little time and you got sometimes you got to get hit over the head a couple of times. And young people are just hard-headed. You know, young people, they think they know everything. You know, young people don't <laughs> think older people they don't think they think, you know, they think that, you know, like like for instance, I'll give you an easy example. They think like Michael Jordan played in an era when basketball players didn't have no skill. Or right. like uh, uh, like in boxing, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. Yeah. Because you're you watching all of it in black and white, you don't think he could go with a boxer today or something like that. Go back and watch them, but you need to go back and watch the damn videos and see. It wasn't much different than today. Uh, you think it's different. I'm on physical you think it's been, back in that generation. You think it's, a lot of people yeah, have been I, I, that, was my, that was my error. <laughs> they were a lot more yeah, physical. They think newer is better. Uh, newer is not always better. Sometimes if newer is better if it's progressing, but if things are regressing. The, mu- the music is regressing. Rap music Correct. is really like it was back in the 80s when everybody was doing all simple-ass rap and everything. They didn't regress back to simple-ass rap. It's simple-ass right. rap and shit today. There ain't no complex shit that y'all doing. Y'all regressed back to what we were doing in the 80s when the shit first came out. You know, right. <laughs> that's that's what that's what's happening. But everybody's giving the impression because people don't know they've been dumbed down because everybody right. around you has been dumbed down. So you can't smell your shit if you sitting in it. If you sitting in it, you can't smell it. You got to get outside the shit to say, damn, that shit stinks. Get your ass outside of it so you can smell how bad that shit smells. Well, brother, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate the conversation, man, and I support you 100%, man. Thank you for for for, letting, for giving me a better idea on how to make these moves going forward. I appreciate you. Yeah, you're welcome, brother. You're welcome. All right. All right, go back man. To thank the phone you. Line. Y'all got to get hip to, you know, hopefully y'all got something from that because it's like, man, it is. Y'all got to see what's going on, you know, what, what is, what's really happening. <laughs> What's really happening out here? Study this information, and it will open your eyes to so much. You'll just see it'll make it's gonna make you mad at first. You gonna get up. You gonna get upset. You gonna get pissed off at first. All right. But then you got to go to that. You got to calm yourself down, and then you got to take action that is intelligent. Because anger ain't gonna get you nowhere with these people. Anger ain't gonna get you nowhere. All right. You got to use intelligent. You got to make intelligent moves. Let me go back to the phone line. Let me dip up to New York real quick. 917 area code. New York, New York. 
You're on the line. Peace. Peace to Peace. the God. What's happening? Peace to the God. Sister, how you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm so grateful to be able to um, talk to such a great mind. Um, I have had multiple experiences in the court system. I live here in New York, and as you know, um, we are going through a massive um position of housing and relocation, ethnic cleansing, basically. I live in um, what was called the low-income cooperative. It is called the low-income right. cooperative. Um, and I didn't understand the nature of a co-op when I went in there. I just knew that I could afford it. It was um, a close place to a neighborhood I grew up in, and it was um, basic services was there, heat, hot water, and everything. When I realized that I wasn't getting any leverage in cooperation with the people, I was like, this is an uncooperation. It's an uncooperative cooperation of a bunch of people who I don't know how these positions are working. And then I started butting heads. I was like, okay, well, you're not supposed to do this based on a basic contract of this lease agreement. I'm supposed to have a safe, clean, and um comfortable environment. I have water damage. I have mold. I'm, 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 I'm fighting elements and I shouldn't be doing that while paying my maintenance. So I started going to the housing court, but I didn't know what I know now. After years in the housing court, bottom line, they whipped my ass so bad because I was representing myself for one. And right. when I did talk, when I talked to lawyers, they was like, oh, that case is, you know, it's, 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 we don't really like dealing with that. I wasn't getting an understanding. But when it started coming a little more clear to me was the last three years, three years ago when I would go into the court. I'd have been through three or four judges. I got to the point where now I'm dealing with um, a judge and he see my case and it's kind of sick now because it's already three years deep into this fight with these people. They'll give me abatements and reductions and I was like, the 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 monetary part is not the problem. I'm paying these bills while fight while fighting, and that seems oh god, and that seems to be a problem. I don't want to I don't want to um, have the discomfort. The discomfort part is what is the biggest problem while paying. Well, the last when the judge said to me, "You're in the wrong court." And he looked at the bailiff or the court secretary, and he would look at the other person, and they would both look at each other like they knew something I didn't know and said, you're in the wrong court. Almost snide remark, you know, with a little smile on their face and handed me my papers, and I left. No way. I said, well, what do you mean I'm in the wrong court? What court am I supposed to be in? And he says, I can't, I can't give you any um, consultation or information. You have to seek counsel. I said, but I already – Tried to go to the councils and get help. Bottom line was they to another. Listen, I went yeah, to the next courtroom. When I walked in the next courtroom, they looked at the documents and they said, "So this is a co-op." I said, "Yes, it's a co-op." And they said, "And you own your unit?" I said, "Yes, I own my unit." You have a certificate of shares? Yes, I have a certificate of shares. You're in the wrong court. Now I'm like, what? I've been in here for three years. What is happening? The later case that the building levied against me was because I made all of these claims of the water intrusion, the toxic mold, the air, 
the weakening of my physical body, um, I'm being sick. Then I started labeling all of the people in the building. My neighbor across the hall, she died of breast cancer. Her husband had cancer in his face. Neither one of them were smokers. The the building president who lives underneath me, she had um, one lung removed because of cancer. The people under her, husband and wife, died. And they said of old age, but they died six months apart. I'm on a top floor, water rolls down. Old pre-war, bu- well, not pre-war building, old building built in the 30s or something like that had been abandoned by the original landlord. The city took the building up as um, a part of their lot of properties. Um, so it was over, the, the governing body is the city of New York, um, HPD agency. So the people underneath the two elders, she died of mysterious causes. Get down to the first floor, five-story building, that person died of cancer. So I'm like, wait a minute, I think I'm in a cancer cluster. I think this is just more than just toxic mold. This is toxic mold that has gone rogue and it's crippling and damaging people. And I'm now connecting these dots and I'm documenting and I'm taking it into the court. I'm telling, so I'm feeling like now they're telling me I'm in the wrong court, but I'm understanding from another level that I'm going to the mother would be the court, the housing court to tell on her children which is the cooperation that they oversee. And I was like, maybe that's what they meant. I'm in the wrong court. How are you going to come to me and tell me about my children? And I already know what I gave them. I gave them a building that was inept, um, wasn't clean to begin with, was derelict. And I gave it to a bunch of people who didn't know anything about property management or anything else and let them run it. I just don't want to run it. And now here you come telling me these problems. I don't really want to hear from you either. So with all of those complaints that I had against the building, I let each shareholder know what I was going through because they don't have any disclosure in there. And I'm telling them about the cancer. I'm telling them about the sickness. I'm telling them about um, the fight in the court. And um, no cooperation, no information, no open books, no nothing. And they turned the information that I'm using to share with the rest of the corporation of the unsuspecting, docile people that, oh, you've been sick? You said in your documents that you don't live here because it has made you sick. They went to the contract, the proprietary lease, and they said, and used the proprietary lease against me and said that you said, um, Based on the proprietary lease, you have to live in the building in your unit for 183 days or more. Based on what you said, you've been so sick you couldn't live here for for an extended period of time. So you violated your lease. The judge decided on that, and I was evicted from my home. And once that happened, and I caught up to what happened after two years of being really sick, deathly sick, and fighting and struggling for my health, I said, okay, I got to stop fighting them, and I got to get my health together. And in that process, I was like, I can't, this can't be the it. This this is what just happened to me is not the it. Then, no, they can't be a way to just steal my property, steal my health, and, and, and use my words against me. And that's when I came across the information of um, 
a commercial lien and the UCC process through some other folks who I, I mean, I went to every public official looking for help. I went to every organization, every housing project, everybody. And I was like, oh, and they you know what? And that's what, and that's what, that's what I'm saying. Usually at the end of the road, everybody that mm-hmm. I meet is at the end of the road. Cause they went through all of that trying to utilize the system to get some sort of remedy and it wasn't afforded to them. And a lot of times, like a lot of things you said, they use your words against you. Well, you know, anything you say can and will be used against you. That goes all the way through court. All right. You testify against yourself. And that's usually what happens, especially in real estate cases. I usually what ends up happening because the person who's the uh, pro se litigate, he's not really knowledgeable about procedure and things like that. There are certain principles that he doesn't understand. Like you nine times out of 10, they get you to, uh, testify against yourself okay and then they can use the, those words against you and so forth your health is your responsibility it's your responsibility to take care of your health now i will say this i'm gonna start out saying this and we'll address what happened to you and everything i they are there's videos on youtube they talk about how they poison in the environment okay i was watching one last i was watching one last night they are in they are actively engaged in reducing the population Okay, they killing people off with these vaccinations and um, putting mercury in the vaccinations and all this kind of stuff that's going on. I feel it's more important. My conclusion, I've been so convinced of what I'm doing is right. A lot of people think I do what I do. I'm some sort of person just trying to make money off people, which I don't make. I, I just barely make a living doing this. But a lot of people think that in some sort of uh, shape, form or fashion, you know, that you know, some sort of you, you, you are deceiving people or something like that. I'm so convinced in what I'm doing after reading and studying. I study, you know, I study every night to like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I'm up every night around that time, reading, studying, watching videos, looking at other people's research and things like that. And I'm convinced that the answer is that you have to become private. And then that takes you to the Bible and Revelations chapter 18, where it tells you, come out of my, her, my people, so you will not take on her plague. Okay, what you just got involved in is a plague. All right, the housing yeah. problem is a plague. There's overpopulation right now in the United States. All right, uh, that's what Trump is trying to take down. They are taking back the inner cities through gentrification. I understand gentrification. They have that's a tax the base that they're, that they're concerned about. Okay, if you got all these dilapidated buildings in uh, an area where it's not generating enough revenue through taxes, I can understand why they would take some of the actions they've taken. Uh, it's so crowded in the cities now. I'm here in Atlanta. When I first came to Atlanta in 1991, I could drive anywhere in this city and not run into a traffic jam. There's a traffic jam every day now on Saturday and Sunday, all right, when people ain't going to work. You're trying to get downtown, you're in a traffic jam, and so many people there. It was like 1.5 million people here in 1991. It's like 6 million people here now. All right, so you got overcrowding. People are not trying to commute. They're trying to get back downtown, get to their jobs. They're gentrifying. They're doing a whole lot of stuff, and they do things like that to drive people out. Like in that building right now, they probably won't y'all out the building. And now how do I know this? I'm going to tell you how I know this. I'm going to tell you how I know this. Because I used to be heavily involved in um, helping people in real estate in Georgia and in California, in both places. And I did, I've done a lot of court cases, a lot of court cases. And I've had relationships with people and things like that. And I always noticed a couple of things. And, I, and I'll give you three examples. One was in Miami. 
in Miami, they cleared out a whole section of homeless people, basically put drugs on them and sent them to federal prison. So while I was in there, I'm looking at their discoveries and everything. I'm like, okay, well, you know, because you got these homeless people in here getting seven years in federal prison for drugs, and they're coming to me and telling me, man, I ain't never sold drugs in my life. I ain't never sold drugs in my life, man. I don't know what these people are talking about. I'm taking this to trial. That's what they'll say. And I say, look, don't take it to trial. You're going to get your head knocked over the fence, and instead of this seven years they're going to give you, they're going to give you this 15 years. It's very difficult to help a person like that because they totally ignorant of everything. Right? They think that the legal system operates like what they see on television. Right? That's, that's Hollywood. That's not how the shit operates. All that goddamn law and order and all that bullshit, you might well look at that as days of our lives or some goddamn story like that that you watch. That's fucking Hollywood. It don't operate like that at all. Okay. So they look at, so they got all these impressions. That's why they feeding all that stuff to you on TV, through all these shows and all that. So you got this mental impression in your mind that there's such thing as justice and a true legal law, law and every law and order and all this shit. Oh, none of that shit exists. All right. They do things they need to do to generate tax revenue for themselves. And if that means if you got people living in the area and we need these people out, they're going to use all kind of undercover. They're going to poison the water. Uh, 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 put stuff on people, lie, do whatever it is. I've seen it. Because in, in this one guy's case, I said, man, what, what were you doing? He said, well, man, I was, in, I was in, a, in a vacant building, and there was a guy out there that used to sell drugs. And he said, one day I woke up, and the drugs was on me, and the police came, and the dude had brought him to him. So he was like, they set me up. And I said, well, why did they do that? I looked through his paperwork, and I found out that they was doing a gentrification project in that area. Yeah, okay. I, I, I clearly understand everything that you just explained. Um, during the 90s, I was trafficking back and forth to Atlanta because I would go to the events that they would have there. It was the greatest hub for black folks. It was the convention center capital of black it world. Was. Um, so I was going up and down to Jack the Rapper, the Black Arts Festival, everything. Yeah. But Beautiful I, back I then, Beautiful. It was beautiful back then. Everybody was shifting from New York to Atlanta because it was beautiful. But I knew that I wasn't. I I, I didn't want that. I wanted. I wanted the energy of New York. Born and raised here. Um, I'm real clear about the 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 toxic poisoning from the aerosol spraying that they're doing on us all day here in New York. They used to tell you. When uh, when Bloomberg was mayor, they would tell you the times that they would be spraying for then West Nile virus at seven o'clock on Tuesday in area codes and zip code number, and it'll be until nine. Stay indoors, close your windows, and hide the hide your animals. Then it went from they don't even tell you anymore. But that was just a courtesy of for what they were doing anyway. So you sit down sometimes, you can see the trucks that go by with a big. The, the the fog that they let loose of chemicals out of the back of these trucks reach a four-story high window. So if you didn't get the memo, you're going to ingest it anyway. And even if you did, I'm a community gardener. The stuff is going on your food. The stuff is going in your water. The vaccines, the toxic mold that's hitting New York City public housing, and then they blame the people for having asthma because they live in these low-income. No, you're poisoning the people. The building that I live in, 
they gave it to the people to run the building, and that's what creates these low-income corporations back from the 80s when the slum laws abandoned them for tax purposes if they didn't burn them down. The people who lived in them when they abandoned them got the opportunity by the city to take these apartments for $250. I came in the 90s, got my apartment for thousands of dollars, upgraded it, but I didn't understand the construct of colored. I knew African-American, I knew black, and I knew proud people, but the colored the colored people, I just, I read about them. I was living the experience of them in, in, in 2000, 2000 and up. And these people were fixed in positions where they violated the whole contract from day one. The whole place is operated in fraud throughout the whole city, and these governing agencies know that, and they, they penny any of them. But the neighborhood that I was living in is what people call gentrified, but I call ethnic cleansing. It was the, it's near the Barclays Center, and it's up and coming all around within miles around well, the let area. Let me ask you a question. Let me let me let me let me let me, let me ask you a question though. I, I this this is the only problem I got with us as a people. I like they gentrified so much stuff here in Atlanta that it ain't even okay. recognizable. They, I, I they they mm-hmm. took first of all they didn't took almost all the projects down in every city in the country. All right, and wow. uh, Dallas, Texas, where I'm from, West Dallas. Don't even look the same no more. Here in Georgia, you know, Grant Park area, downtown where Perry Homes used to be, um, but, uh, Bankhead, all that, don't look the same no more. Okay, look brand new. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. We had control. I saw this, and I'm going to tell you, I saw, a, um, I saw an article from a white man that was responding to a black person in Baltimore, Maryland. It was in Baltimore. They're doing it in Baltimore, too. And they were talking about, and this person was complaining, like you are, about the conditions that we live in. Talk about the dilapidated conditions of the housing and all of these kind of things. So this white man wrote a very nice letter back. It was, a, it was nice. I wish I had it so I could read it to everyone. Um, and what he said was, he said, look, he said, when whites took white flight out of, out of the uh, uh, downtown area, they went to the suburbs. He said, we left all them neighborhoods. They were in pristine condition. He said, if you live in a dilapidated area, it's because you let it get like that. He said, they got architecture. Like in the Grand Park area, they are rehabbing everything, and they're keeping the houses exactly how they looked in the 50s and everything. But they're brand new on the inside. Very beautifully, very beautifully done. Very beautifully done. First thing they do, we put in a police station in the area, clear out all the crime. So now the white people can walk around in the park, walking their dogs, jogging and shit. In 1991, people were smoking weed at a job. I was in, in that motherfucker uh, at a George Clinton concert. Everybody's out there smoking weed, doing all kind of stuff. You ain't going to see that no more. And now you go in Grant Park, they have a farmer's market there and things like that, okay? That's what's going on. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. We have to put some responsibility on us as a people, all right? It is very. This is why I'm so heavy into trust. Really, my my future goal is to uh, get people involved in investing in business trust, so we can develop our communities and things like that. But before you get to that point, you got to educate people about the subject, right? Because we're not even educated about the subject. Because you have to have educated trustees. But the thing about it is, is we can form our own trust, and then we can build our own communities and put them now what we want. We that is how it really works. Okay, communities are composed of people. 
Brother, brother Yusuf, that's why we need you. To come to, that's why we need you to come to New York. We have the people. I have already done a trust. I have I have opened up some of the first businesses that ever existed in New York City. I have been through legislation and helped create all kind of bills for uh, for our community. So I'm I, I'm the person who has taken the forefront in in the process, and nobody I know understands what happened so once they took my property from me and i came up out of my illness and got a little strength and got the under got 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 some wisdom on the private side and and understanding the commercial claim in admiralty law i was led in the direction of putting a ucc lien on a building and i did that yeah. and today and three years later the, now that you're actually seeing what I had been telling them about and that they was um, under the illusion that they were in a cooperative co-op, now that hundreds of thousands of dollars is missing from the property, there's no, the water bill hasn't been paid in three years, they are now blaming me and saying, well, this is because this we can't get help because this woman put a lien on this property that used to live here. No, you can't you can't get a loan because you were stealing from the building and the lien is on you. So they're not addressing the stealing part. But, yes, the lien is on the property. And um, now they want to understand, well, what is it that you did? And what? what no, you couldn't hear me. Why don't, before. You, why don't you why don't you why don't you go? Why don't you go to them and negotiate? Uh, something to release the lien on the property. If if the lien is that effective on that property where they can't move, go to them and offer some terms of uh, 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 some sort of terms and everything. Well, I'll release the lien on the property if I get X, Y, and Z. You know, or something well, the, like they gonna do what they want. I thought about that. I thought about that, but. It needs. This is a historical landmark building and block. The whole block is a historical landmark. I physically am not under the illusion that I can go back in there, and unless it's deconstructed from the inside. Yes, they have to keep the facade exactly the way it was with the integrity of of the original um, blueprints. Right. My right. my vision, my dream always was, and my fight in the system, dealing with these people, they was like, well, you can get your apartment back if you just do I said, I don't want it back. I can't go back in there. The depth of my illness and the mold, the toxic mold sickness, it will, it's the kryptonite of me. It, I can't go back in. They would have to destruct, deconstruct the whole thing down to the brick and bring in top specialists. Not the okey-doke people that they've been using, their family members, the hookup people, and the stuff that help keep the integrity of the no. building dilapidated. Because it's a beautiful place if if if, if you have the um, concept of building. But they didn't. I went in there and exposed the brick and did the hardwood floors and, 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 and ramped it up. And they saw the vision, and then they was like, "Oh, she she coming in here with these new ideas, and that's not what we're about. We've been trading money and stealing money, and not paying maintenance, and making the people who like her who coming in here paying. We living off of them. So they don't have an intention of doing anything. But the lawyer that they use in the courtroom against me and the rest of the shareholders is the same money that the maintenance pay for." So my maintenance paid for the defense against me, and then he sits up at the same members' meetings that we have. So I was like, it's a conflict of interest that this man is in the court system against us, 
working for the board, and then he's at our shareholders' meetings. I said, and no, I'm, I'm dealing with real slow people. My negotiation with them would only be in the terms of everybody out, deconstruct this place and build it up, <laughs> because I still hold my shares, but I have been totally um, Why don't removed. You why don't you draw it up and make an offer? Make draw it as business. Look at every, listen. Look at everything from a business mindset. Okay, that's what I've trained my, I've trained I've trained myself to do that. I don't get too emotional about things because everything with these people is just business. It's just business. Now, you know, United States and America of America is business. Corruption. Okay. Corruption. Okay. Well, you call it corruption. You know, it's like. How they would call it, they would call it, um, you know, you got to understand the rules, you know, like there's certain principles, like in Roman, there's a maxim of law that says, he who, can be, who, he who can be deceived, let him. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. They got all these maxims of law in place and everything, okay, which is why I spend so much time trying to educate people. I didn't kind of got off this quick remedy thing. And I'm just on here every day trying to educate you, you know, starting with the Constitution. You got to start there. Mm-hmm. And then from there, everything descends down from there. Because you got to understand why all these people are getting a delegation of authority to do what they're doing for. And then what they, uh, the extent of the powers that have been granted to them. You got to understand all of that first. You got to get a clear understanding of all that first. And then you can take the appropriate action. You got to understand the difference between public rights doctrine and what private rights are. What we need to do as a people, we need to switch and do everything privately now. All right. That's we need to get off this public assistance. All right. We need to start taking care of our own people again. We need to start putting uh, like pools of money, uh, like have all our people in our communities invest in something that we own, like a trust, you know, like a, where you want to call it a bank trust or something like that. I just got through reading a case here in Georgia where there's a couple of banks that aren't a part of the Federal Reserve System, and they're trying to make them become a part of the Federal Reserve System. And, you know, how they're doing it and everything. It's like, it's real interesting how they're doing it. I was reading it. I'm like, wow, this is this is smooth how the Federal Reserve is forcing these people. Either, they, either they're going to go out of business or they're going to do what they want them to do. And you know, I might get into that on another show. But what I'm saying is everything needs to be done privately now. We need to get into trust investment trust all right we need to teach our people why they need to invest in a trust we need to teach our people why it's safe for them to invest in a trust why it's the safest vehicle they can we need to learn how to get educated and um competent trustees to administrate the trust all right and then also have a plan of action where you're going to you know do something for your community whether it's going to be uh, gentrifying our own communities that we live in, whether we're going to build our own infrastructure, put in our own police force, and things like that. That's where we're going right now. That's what you got to get to. We got to get there. Well, I don't know what people think. That's it. where I want, Brother Yusuf, that's where I want to go because where I'm at right now is, yes, I have that lean. And the folks that gave me the wisdom and guidance into creating the lean process that I did the more and more that I go over my documents, the more and more I understood because I was you understand just basically, it. I, yeah, yeah I you was just did I was like, you got what? That's right. I was listening. <laughs> I was a student and I was like, I don't know what it means, but I, you, every, every five sentences. Yes, yes. I got that. 
and I know that's me. I can identify with that. Oh yeah, silence is acquiescence. They didn't respond. I no, let's do that. I was, and then as I entrenched myself more and more in it, I was like, okay, I'm 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 getting this. And then I started referring back to people when I was young that was talking the talk, but didn't take the time to teach the young. And so I share this with everybody I know, but then I come to a stop because there's so much I don't know. The folks that I'm dealing with, that I was dealing with, is dealing with so many people that I told them I I need guidance that is more um, acceptable to how I need to learn. Yeah, I can go and read and I can do research and that's what I that's how I found you because I'm I'm always looking for more. And I want to do the whole private thing on on my documents myself, my my birth certificate, my social security card. I want to be able to get out of the grip. And I want to be able to now now right where I'm at with this lien. Yes, I have a lien. Yes, I need to negotiate, and that's where I'm at right now. Yes, I need a remedy, but I have to go back into where I got the the information from to acquire that process, and it's 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 like at a stall. Every time, and this is over a year now, every time I go back, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Let's talk. Show me. I'm open. This is what I found out. This is what I'm ready to do. Help me process. Show me. And I'm at a stall. I was like, I don't want to do what I did to get the lien. I don't want the, I, I can't, I need to, if you're going to teach me, teach me. But don't throw papers at me. The, the, Show the, me. the first thing, the, the first thing that I think that everybody needs to understand is private rights. Okay. That is where the country has to get back to. What are your private rights? Okay. Because when you in the public, you don't have the public is their domain. Okay. Also, I will say this, I don't even know if it's wise to even really live in the inner cities. You know, we no, were told it's not if, wise at all. let me let me it's it's not not wise. let me tell you something. You do you know that one hundred percent of all of the elite people in the world don't none of them gone. live in the inner cities? They're gone. Brother Yusuf here in New don't York. None of them live in the inner cities. If you come to Wall none of them live in the inner cities. The whole Wall Street area is nothing but strollers, dogs, and tourists. The suits left right after 9-11. These folks been gone. This is all a facade. There is nobody here. These folks are up in the mountains of Utah. They're gone. They ain't we in are the here in the They're not in the city. city. No, they're not in the Like here in Atlanta, we were, told, we, were, we were told don't live inside the loop. You know, like in a lot of cities, they got a highway that goes all the way around the city. Like in Houston, Dallas, uh, here in Atlanta, we got 285, 635 out in, in, uh, in, in, in Dallas and everything. You got two loops in Houston and things like that. If it's any, I think down in, uh, like, you got the Lincoln Tunnel Bridge down there in, in New York that comes from New Jersey and things like that. Two tunnels to right. get out on two. All right. So, so the thing is, is if you inside the city, you can be trapped inside the city. Okay. And if so you're behind the, thing is, the wall. Behind the wall. If you build a wall, everybody behind the wall is behind the wall. Ain't no way it's, out. It's behind the wall. Now, if you look, now you need to watch these movies, and the movies are telling you everything. The movies are telling you everything. I don't even look at the movie. It ain't no fantasy. All they doing is mapping out everything for you. This artificial intelligence that's coming in. They're gonna be. 
they're going to be people living in a bubble and people living outside the bubble. Okay, the people living outside the bubble are going to be left to their own devices to take care of themselves. They are constructing a society for themselves. Okay, and they are there's like a uh, a separation going on right now. They got to reduce the population. You can read the Georgia Guidestones tells you about that. They got to keep the population down about 500 million. Believe it or not, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on time travelers. People don't understand the state of technology that the government possesses too. And they're coming back and telling you what's going to happen. And you can tell who's making up stuff and who's really telling the truth about things. Um, you know, I go about back to the Philadelphia experiment, a lot of things. You need to really get into a lot of alternative media because the mainstream media right now, more people are turning to alternative media right now. You don't even know about the revolution that's going on in France right now because of these very same issues that are going on over there. Them people going, them went to the streets and France, and it jumped off in France. But very few That's people right. are, are talking about it. Greece is all, 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 of, all of the European countries have, the bridges have fallen, and these are the imports that are here. So they're exporting anything of color, and they're importing New York. You can walk up and down the street, and nobody speaks English, but they're all European folks. All of these folks are on some kind of public service between, and, and they're also filling in the blue collar um, jobs. So the police officers are now from uh, Kosovo, or they're from um, some part of Russia. Yeah. Um, the reason, they, have, the reason have, they bring they bring they bringing them in because uh, people won't shoot. That if you take police officers from are, your own they country, they, they won't turn that's on right. their own people. That's All right, right. so you got to use foreigners to do it. They're and they've been, but see, they've been training. Service. They've been training. They've been training foreign military here in our country now for years. But yeah, like, like you last twenty years, twenty. They've been doing that for a long time. It's gonna. Uh, you're gonna yeah. start, start seeing a lot of stuff come out into the open in the next ten years. I, I'm telling you, from now to 2028, you're gonna see some some more of the most biggest changes in history are going to be in the next ten years. All right, next, mm-hmm. even up to the point where they're going to reveal to us extraterrestrials, because the reason, the reason you got to think about this, they they came out with a uh, a movie called Arrival, and it was another boot movie before that with um, what was that white lady's name? It was real good, and that movie was about these extraterrestrials changing um the atmosphere to be more conducive to them, all right, and so forth, taking over the planet and things like that. You need to go back and look at stuff like that in and examine what's happening in the country because the truth is stranger than fiction. This is why it's very important that we start coming together as a group. You know, they're keeping us separated, destroying our families. Uh, people don't talk to each other except on social media, you know, and things like that. You know, you, you, you'll spend all day on social media and we won't talk to your next damn next door neighbor. You know, things like that. These are things that are happening and we need to get, we need to become more community, uh, uh, more active in our communities and we need to start to unify because the people who run the world are families. I don't understand why people don't understand that. It, these are families that are running everything. The Rockefellers are a family. The Rothschilds are a family. The Warbirds the are a family. The largest you know, private company is the largest family-owned business in America is Walmart. The Walton family. That's a family. These are, the names of the streets, these, these are people. Right, these are people. The, the so counties, I'm with that. The counties. The counties that you're in are family-owned. The counties mm-hmm. that you're in, it's like yeah. feudalism. I'm telling you, it's like feudalism yeah. all over, and the people at the bottom are so woefully ignorant 
of everything that's going on and everything. They, 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 they knowledge level, you know, it just, I'll use me for an example. You know, when I started learning all of this, one of the things that really hit me was just how ignorant I was. Yeah. I'm like, cause I considered my, I considered my, I've always considered myself an intelligent person. But when I started getting into this, I'm like, I don't know shit. And that's yeah. what, I think that's what happens to everybody who get into this, especially intelligent people, because they start, um, they start like, you know, like stimulating so much information because it seems like they've been starved to knowledge for so long that when you finally come into this, you're like, these are all the answers. And then so you start consuming everything just, you know, at an endless pace because you've been ignorant for so long and then a door opened to knowledge and now it's rushing in of knowledge and you finding it out. But it's so much you get inundated with it because it's so much for you to learn that you really should have been taught since you were young because that's how the elite is ahead of you because they've been being taught all this since they was young. Exactly. They've been taught all this since they was children. That's exactly where I'm at with a whole lot of things. There's a brother that, if you get a chance, look him up. He has picked up Isaac Newton and Einstein left off and took it farther. His name is Dr. Gabriel Oyibo, O-Y-I-B-O. He has created the God Almighty Universal Theorem, not theory, theorem to everything, to everything, and has been noted for it and recognized for it. But there's some dots that still can be, so the information that he has is It'll blow your head off your shoulders, and you really realize how you don't know anything because with the information that he shares brings this information into to, to understanding because you realize what's been kept from you. So the biggest weapon that has been used against us is not being able to read during the enslavement period. And I used to always say, why the reading part so heavy? You know, and now I see because everything that they want to keep from you in is 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 in written text. They put it in a book. The almost all of the videos that I'm putting on YouTube. What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm I'm only I'm only putting words on the screen and reading now. Because yes. that I came to that exact same conclusion. We are in a position because we don't read. You can go on YouTube they got YouTube videos where they just going around the city asking people when, what's the last book you read. They just picking people out randomly, and they can't even name a book that they've read. So you got a, you got a situation. I tutored in college, uh, English composition and grammar, and I was just amazed. The teachers and everybody were upset because the freshman students these are these are high school students that's been graduated. They coming out of high school into college and they writing research papers like they text. I'm like, you mm-hmm. can't write this paper like you text on text and every day. They, I'm like, I'm looking at this paper. I'm like, it's atrocious. Okay, so but they're starting to so allow that to be acceptable now. They are, are starting to allow that to be acceptable because they want to produce dumber and dumber people. And so, if you talk in text and you write in text, then you basically understand in text. And so, they're not even talking to us. We're not. We can't even get to them. You have to first deprogram these people. One off of their diet, then their environment, then what's yes, what's coming at them. 
these screens. And so that's the level where I'm at. I've been doing the work on, on the conscious level. I've been doing the work in, in, with the food. I've been doing the work birthing the babies. I've been doing the work in the community. I have now entered into this and then the Dr. Oebo stuff. I am, my head is so heavy and big right now at the same time, and I'm so hungry that I, I, I want to know what I'm doing. I want to be able to be so efficient in it. I want to be able to share it. And everybody I bring into it, I'm like, forget everything that you thought you knew because you don't know nothing. And you, don't know that. Think, you know, you, you said know. something. You, you said something that I think is very important, a very important thing, too. I think people need to stop having their babies in, a, in, in hospitals. Oh, and start having to face at home. You, you can, you can, you can begin to know what goes on in the hospitals. You can. I think again. I think people need to start. What they call it when when lady who uh, uh help you have your baby at home? What's the name? Uh, a midwife. A midwife. Midwife. It's a midwife. I think, I so think, they have midwives think, now in hospitals to 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 be complacent with the the request now. So now they want you still in the facility, and now we have provided you with midwives. And we no, have. But I the think, number no. one thing that they do when you have that baby in that hospital before you can pick up, sign the certificate. Mother, you must sign I, the certificate. That's why I say it. And see, see that, that thing, I got a Bible here at the house. I just opened it up, and I found the birth registration and all that in the Bible and everything, because, you know, that's still as good as a birth certificate that's, right now. So the thing is, is that I, I believe the midwife community needs to grow. Right? More, of our, more people need to be trained on that. That, need, that probably right there could be an uh, income opportunity for someone, training midwives. Because Brother, I just said, really they have free classes here. The classes are free in the hospitals right here where you can get training, two-year training to become a midwife. Right now, the big piece is doulas. And a doula is what I basically do. My sister-in-law is a midwife. And a doula is a person that helps navigate the baby. What we help do, we help reassure the mother that she has the power to do this, that you can do this absent of drugs. You can do this with a mind, body, and soul connection. We are in the position to take control of the environment that that mother is in at that time that she's in in labor and we 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 are there to help her from the labor through the pre, prenatal part through the labor especially and the postpartum and so what we are finding out here in New York City in Brownsville section of Brooklyn highly um impoverished to some degree um, community, but it has one of the most largest communities of high-rise project public housing buildings in New York City, one of them. That neighborhood has the highest infant mortality rate among black women in the whole country, right here, right here. And it's one of the neighborhoods that I operate in and throughout. So getting the, the information to the mothers about what it is I do and what midwives do is like getting private side and um, public side exactly. separated. Exactly. It's the, same, exactly. It's, it's the same task, the same task. And then if you try to give them information on the food and, and the, and the vaccine absorption, that's a whole another task. So, 
I'm picking my battles because I bring these mothers into understanding, but I got to show and prove. So I can talk the talk, but I got to show you what a garden looks like. Do you know that um, spaghetti don't grow on a tree? Then when I was young, there was to be a commercial called Juan Valdez or somebody. He used to be on a horse and it was selling tomato sauce and he would go through a neighborhood full of trees and it was spaghetti on trees. And then you would ask people in the street or where does spaghetti come from? And they thought spaghetti grew on trees. So that's the power of vision. So I take these women and I show and prove to them what a garden looks like, what a seed looks like. But the gardens are given to us by the city. Now, we're talking about public land. Public land is all over the whole country, and especially New York, where developers cannot build on this public land, but the public don't know the land is theirs. So we're talking about acres and acres of lots that are sitting and has been sitting still. Yeah, they're doing it here in Atlanta. These co-ops, they're growing, uh, they're planting uh, gardens in these vacant lots and stuff like that. Right. Growing but food. to be able to give you yeah. right, we're giving, we're giving our sweat equity to land that belongs so called to the public, but then there's these overseeing agencies like Green Thumb and the Parks Department that come down and um, they basically authenticate the fact that you have the right to be able to grow the food in there. So it's almost like a coveting agency, but we actually but see, are paying. But see, we don't see, that's no what salary. I'm trying to they say. This is what I see with a lot of people with the cities and everything. What they don't understand, okay? You got to look. You got to understand. People just been living in cities a little over a hundred years, okay? You got um, um, the steel magnate. What was his name? Uh, I forgot his name. I think of it in a minute. He was responsible for starting to really build these cities up. Because the majority, 90% of the population, like in the early 1900s, late 1800s, they lived in the, uh, they lived in the country. Okay. Agori. They started. Agori. Yeah, they were agrigory. They started building these cities, and everybody saw all the big city lights. I want to have the big city uh, life. And they started leaving the, the country and started coming to the cities. Now, when people start migrating to the cities, that's when they got us. Because when you come into the city, it's like, yep. it's like in the old, in old kingdoms, they would have a city would be surrounded by a wall, okay? And so when you come to the gates, they'd have guards at the gate, and they say, what you coming in here for? And you say, what's your business? And they may make you take your weapons off or whatever, all right? Because when you come through those city walls, you're now in a municipality. It's called municipal law, okay? And this is what huh. we got to understand, all right? You, have, you don't have all these rights you think you have inside these cities. Another part of being private, there's a brother on YouTube. He didn't went out to the country. They got their own land. They got a community. I think he's a Hebrew Israelite. And they built their own house, doing everything on their own, you know, digging wells in the ground, get your water, and, they, and, not, and not no ugly community, like a modern-looking community and so forth. So you know, I want people to get the impression they kind of living like the, uh, like the uh, uh, what's that group in, uh, out there? I forgot their name, the Amish or something like that. But the thing is that we, we got to start understanding when you in the city, you kind of like inside a walled kingdom and you don't have as many rights. You, you're under their authority. The whole country of the United States of America is the republic. And you got to understand, we got to start coming out of the cities and then you got to learn how to form your own communities again and start building that up. And so you can kind of right. regulate it yourself the way that you want to. 
because you're not going to get a lot of weight. And, you know, people, put, they participate in the political process, but there's so much corruption and stuff going on in these cities with the political processes and so forth. I don't have no confidence in that. It's going, it's so you got to know some, really know how to move politically, you know, to really, you know, get something built the way you want it to get done. Whereas, you know, like here in Georgia, I live on the outskirts of the city, and I see so much opportunity out here. I'm like, man, forget going downtown. We can build. It ain't nothing downtown that we can't build out here for ourselves. Right. There's nothing downtown that they got that we can't put out here. Brother, you know, you I'm said, like, oh, well, there's, you know? there, Excuse me, brother. Oh, there yeah. is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Pickfoot Settlement that happened with the United States against the black farmers. Um, it was a settlement that came out of the um, um, racial discrimination against the um, black farmers in, I think, 81. With the Pickford settlement, is, um was settled during the, um, I would say, Obama administration. He pushed forward that, and it gave a billion dollars. Way. And so the money was left to their family, but it went into a general grant for the public. Anyone who's into farming or agriculture, even some. People of color to let them know that the settlement had happened and they had access to now all of the grant money is gone. He's now coming to these meetings and he came to one where I was and he's saying that they had left from this settlement low interest loans that almost anybody of color only can have access to. There was 2.9% interest on any property that you can find to, mechan- for, for, to mechanize for farming, whether it was for equipment. Uh, a barn, uh, 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 land, access, that you can get these low-interest loans. And it was almost guaranteed loans. Right now, it's supposed to still be going on from the U.S. <sighs> agriculture. But Yeah, but see, this is the thing. Let me get back on track. We can do all that ourselves. You know, we spend $2.1 trillion a year and thing. We got money. You know, we got plenty of money. We just need to organize. We got to organize, you know, and do things ourselves. Stop looking for grants. Stop looking for public assistance. That's part of the problem. Okay, the public assistance, you got to understand the difference between public and private. I Public is like a welfare-type mentality. Private is when responsible men and women do things themselves. And that's what we got to get. Yeah. We, we've been so um, habitually uh, programmed to be dependent on the public in so many different ways that we can't distinguish when we are – seeking some sort of public assistance as opposed to when we can do something ourselves. And we got to retrain our minds to start doing that ourselves. Stop spending all this money. Look at the Jews. I study the Jews. I, I, the, I know that people say they ain't Jews. Okay. I study these people and that's who I look at primarily. I study how they do things and everything, you know, and look at them because they running everything. They running everything. Yeah. Hey, hey, look, I'm going to have to go. I got to go to the next call. I'm, I've, I've been on too long. But we'll talk again. Maybe we can put yes, together something. I'll be glad. You got to come up to New York. I'm in the community that you study the most. The most. You... Hello, you going in and out. The community Hello? that you study the most. 
Can you hear me, Brother Yusuf? Brother Yusuf, can yeah, you can hear, hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, I can and hear you. Go the ahead. Community, the community that you study the most, I live in, and they're right here. The majority of the Yeshivas outside of Israel is right here. Um, so when you yeah, talk about them, they operate because they have nations. Every Friday night, we hear the we we hear the call for 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 them to go to the synagogues. Everything is constructed around this is Jew York City. This is the United States of America, and I am real clear about that. So we look forward to you being here in New York. We I look forward to being able to get more information on the business trust and the education. No trust, the education of the trustee. I need that information. I need to know how now to go forward. After I have the link, yes, I will put together and try to construct some kind of um, uh, negotiation with them um, on that lien. But you often talk hey, about give you, how hey, to look, negotiate I'm with give people you a call. who are bankrupt. I'll give you a call after the show because, you know, I do think, you know, it is time to put something together. But I would love to come up there and maybe, you know, get with some like-minded individuals and see if we can put something together because it's time to take some sort of. It's time to take some sort of action. I got your phone number right here. So I'll give yes, you a call after the show. Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. All right, let me go back to the phone lines real quick. And let's head over to, let's see where we going next. Ohio, 567. Ohio. Peace and Joseph, you there? Peace. Yeah, I'm here, loud and clear. Peace to the God. Peace to the God. I got a couple questions for you. Also, uh, when when are you going to start doing private consultations again? Well, I mean, I guess you didn't hear. I said I'm doing them again now. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm cranking it back up. I'm cranking it back up. So, it'll be this week. Okay. You know, I'm doing a webinar tomorrow, so. Uh, if you're a member of SBC, I'm only doing well, I'm only doing consultations for people who are part of SBC University, you know. So you need to be a part of a member problem. of that. Okay, I just found out about that. Um, really, I'm just uh, I'm about a week in to my reading. I had a friend of mine that had uh, creditors and their bonds and the uh, rules of the game. Right. So I read. I read that for the first time, and I, I've uh, watched a couple of your YouTube videos, and I hear you talking about that as well as getting familiar with trust law. And uh, and and uh, I listened to your references, that John Quad, very helpful. Uh, Mr. Freeman on the UCC connection, very, very right. helpful. And I have a, and those a clear are all understanding. Documents, uh, those are all documents I read when I first started, when I first started. Um, I'm kind of putting up all the documents I read when I first started. Creditors and the Vons was like one of the first very documents I ever read. So that's what got me conditioned to think a certain way. And, um, you know, I read a lot of other stuff, you know, uh, other stuff too. But it came down to that public and private. You know, it's like you got you to get a good, firm foundation and understanding of all this if you want to do it in this. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I do understand. I've, I've seen your chart. I understand the public and private. My um, my question is moving forward to the getting your status corrected, and then uh, after that, uh, whether you're going to become a uh, 
well, when you get your status corrected, you automatically fall to the creditor side of things instead of the debtor. But for someone that has assets already, and I have a, a business, that um, transportation company that I have, that I, uh, I, uh, that's my sole source of income. So I'm not dependent upon anybody else's uh, right. provide me with work. Right. So once the status correction is done, and the trust is created, and the mm. social numbers rescinded, which I think is very, very important because that, that is like the. Uh, one of the most important things you, you need to do is to rescind that social security number. Now, and, and I understand I think you so said too. that. We, <laughs> I, I, right. I, I, I think so too. And, you know, I think so too. That social security number is definitely like, like the mark of the beast. I think it's the mark of the beast. I really do. I think that's the mark, <laughs> but go ahead. I agree. Now when, when you rescind it and you close the account, the account is still available for offset. Now, Right. Uh, with that offset, and, and you rescind it. Now, there's many different ways that, that of course, to, to tackle this, this 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 beast. And I understand that you told about people who did the 1099 OIDs, et cetera, et cetera. But when you close the account, um, strategically speaking, we share the same thought as in it needs to be done. But as to when does it need to be done, and is there any benefit such as um, interest or for value benefit that you will be giving up being that they have traded or used your birth certificate as a negotiable instrument and who knows how many transactions and what it's actually that's worth. The, to me, uh, in my opinion, that's that's the problem. It, that The underlying thing of that is I hear is greed. And let me explain real quick. I. You know, it depends on your particular situation. You know, like people in jail, I think everybody in jail need to rescind their Social Security number, especially if you got 30 years in jail. What benefit are you getting from anything if you're in jail? A lot of these processes, y'all hearing about rescinding the Social Security number, that came from people in jail, all right? People doing time, all right, who want their freedom. Because once your freedom gets taken from you, all that other shit, a million dollars don't mean anything compared to your freedom. It don't mean nothing. All right. You ask a dude doing 10 years, is 10 years in prison worth $10 million? And see how many answers you get say, yeah. You ain't going to get many. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that right now. All right. So that's, what, that, so that's the first thing. Understand that, where that came from. All right. Now, as far as this secret account and things like that, okay, you, wanna, you feel like you have something, you didn't put something into the system or something like that. You've got directions coming out of the Bible. Come out of her, my people. All right. I will, you will be provided for nothing that you need. You won't have no want of anything, right? Your, that money don't make you, you make the money. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, you know, it's like, you, it's, you know, that's not, you know, whatever you are entitled to in life, the creator of the balanced universe will make sure you have it. It only take a second. When the creator of the balanced universe decides for you to be wealthy, you will be wealthy. It only takes a second for the creator to make you wealthy. A second, all right, for you to be wealthy or whatever. And then to, to be wealthy, you got to be, be a good custodian of wealth, number one, which is a problem with a lot of these people trying to access these accounts and everything because they don't understand they're in the public charitable trust. They put some sort of public benefit, all right, not for your private self-aggrandizement 
or something like that. It's some sort of benefit to the public and everything. You demonstrating you can create taxpayers and things of that nature. And you have a right to get rid of your debts and things like that. But you need to stop using it. There are CPN numbers out there that you should be studying. You should be studying that subject very intently, the credit bureaus and things like that, because really the only benefit, if you're not taking Social Security, the only other benefit to really a Social Security number is trying to get some sort of credit profile or something. You don't need it for that. You don't need it for that. I, I got a whole document I was just reading a couple of days ago because I, I, I was thinking about doing my next video on the secrets of the Social Security number. There's a document on the Internet called The Secrets of the Social Security Number written in 1991. I, and I was going to try to make that my, one of my next videos I was going to put out because in there it explains taking tax identification numbers and other numbers like that to create uh, you know, other uh, new credit profiles and things of that nature. Legally, doing everything legally. I'm not talking about doing anything illegally. They'll try to give you that impression. You go to the FBI, uh, FBI website and they'll tell you the CPN numbers are legal. I'll tell you that on their website, right there on their website. So these are things that you need to start studying alternative. You can go to uh, one of the uh, websites that I like to go to is the, um, um, there's a book called uh, The Paper Trip. And it's put out by a publishing company. I can't think of their name right now. But that website, they got a ton of information on how to maintain privacy. Training yourself to live a private life requires training. It requires training. You got to know how to move in the private. Right, something like kind of like John Wick. John Wick is a good illustration of that, that particular movie. It ain't just you stop today and you ain't had no training on being private. I always make this analogy that people who like was involved in crime they kind of understand what I'm talking about because like, if you was like a criminal on the run or maybe you're just selling dope or something like that and you uh, didn't want to get in trouble and everything, you know, you take, you take the house out of your name, put it in your girl's name, your car's in your girl's name. You know, you're doing stuff like that. You're putting stuff in other people's names and doing things like that. You already kind of got in your mind how to move without putting yourself out there. Now the next thing you got to learn is how to do that the right way in the private way and so forth, you know. But you had the right idea, you know, maybe it was for the wrong purposes and things like that, but you had the right idea that the more somebody knows about you, the more that they can do something to you. That's the principle behind privacy. The, the least somebody, they, they, they're accumulating all these tons and tons of information through cell phones. My cell phones ain't in my name. They're in my business name. My car ain't registered in my name. I got all these different things, you know, going around and different things. It don't necessarily have to be put in a truck. It could be put in some sort of other sort of entity or something like that. There's a multitude of different ways that you can do things. A trust is ideal. I will say it is ideal. Probably the best thing that you can do is learn how to utilize a trust. Your business, you can put that in a trust. All right? You put that in a trust. You go to a CPA and ask them what I'm talking about. A CPA can oh, yeah. direct you uh... into doing that. I listened to your to your your conversation with uh, brother JT Bay. I listened to that. You you exactly. had, he was the IRS he, expert. I listened to that. Let me that tell was three you, hours. Took notes. Let me tell you about JT. Let me let me. I'm gonna give JT Bay a shout out. JT Bay is the one that taught me a lot of stuff about trust, and uh, he played a big part in my education. Him and Gwen Wyckoff played a very significant role in my education as it relates to trust. But let me tell you about that brother in the IRS code. I don't even think that interview really – that brother, you know, he, he's an older brother. He's an elderly brother. I lived with him for a couple of months to learn a lot of stuff. 
I took care of him, cleaned up his house, did a lot of stuff. People don't know this. I, I was living in Laguna Beach. He was living in Laguna Beach just to learn a lot of the stuff that I learned. And I will tell you this, that that brother, um, y'all don't really understand how much he knows about the IRS code. He's the kind of brother that when you first meet him, you will think he's not very bright because he knows how to um, he knows how to uh, give you the, impre- the impression he's not real smart. You know, he'll play the dumb role on you. And you'll be talking to him. And like, you know, and like, man, this dude right here and all this, man, he'll switch into a mode. He'll start talking about the IRS codes and things, and everything will be right off the top of his head, everything committed to memory, all the code sections and everything like that. And he know Gene Keating. He, him and Gene Keating know each other very well. That's how, I, that's how I first time I got to talk to Gene Keating on the phone was through him. That's how the first time I got to talk to Gene Keating on the phone was through uh, J.T. Bay. So it was a, it was like I was like God, dang, you know I got him on my show and all that because you know, I did the interviews and everything. So it was like man, I was so I mean, he's another brother that amazed the hell out of me. And I really don't think that interview really demonstrated the depth of what he. You know, I think he because he come out into the public, I think he'd be kind of reserved a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It was a good interview, but it was kind of reserved. But man, that brother right there, man, and I'm telling you. Um, he gave me a lot of information and taught me a lot of stuff. And he was the one telling me, you know, you're going to learn this and, uh, you know, you need to learn this trust. It's going to take you about six months. I said, man, I'm going to learn this about two months, man. Took me about nine months. Took me about nine months because you're reading case law and things like that. So you got That's why I want to do the trust classes with y'all because it don't, I did 22 classes last time. I got to take you to, you got to learn how to read a citation. You got to learn how to look up a case. You got to learn these decisions that are going on. Because trust law, when you go into the courts, it's an equity court. And in equity, they do pretty much everything the right way. When you read the case law and everything, the judges be on point. That's why I love the, love that, uh, that, 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 that branch of law. Because the judges ain't being corrupt or anything like that. They like it telling you what it is if you understand what you're doing. So, you know, so you got to understand how to read. You can learn a lot from reading case law, okay, on how you're supposed to move. If you don't have a mentor in trust, the next best thing is reading case law. That's the next best thing, reading case law. And you can start with American jurisprudence because American jurisprudence got all the citations of authority in there for you to start with. All right, that's one place to start with. And, and then a picture will begin to build in your mind of the tax laws and everything because studying trust law goes hand in hand with tax. Because that's what it's about. Uh, those two right there, they go together. I started learning taxes a little bit. I'm not saying I'm an expert in taxes. Definitely not like him. But you begin to understand the difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. All right? Tax avoidance is perfectly legal. Tax evasion is illegal. You know, you start to structure yourself in a certain way. Every man has a right to structure his affairs in a certain way where he will not uh, come into a tax. That's perfectly legal. However, if you incur a tax obligation, you have a duty to report it and pay it, okay? That's why I always say, you know, I don't, I don't teach you stuff like, oh, well, you don't have to pay taxes. Okay, you got to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto the Lord what is the Lord's. That's a tax, that was a tax question they asked Jesus Christ. It came to him, you got to pay taxes. And that's the first thing I get. That's the first thing, let me know I get an agent or something. First thing they come to me, they're like, do we have to pay taxes? I always tell them, yeah, you got to pay taxes. I understand that. 
Because I understand the difference between public and private. It's only people who don't understand the difference between public and private think, oh, this tax law is illegal, and they don't understand contract law. All right? It's what well, this code ain't never been um, uh, 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 ratified into law or something. It hasn't been ratified into positive law. You hear them say all this kind of stuff. I'm like, that shit don't mean nothing. You under a contract, man. Contract makes the law. These contracts we're dealing with. All right. It's private and public, and if it applies to you, then you gotta be you're obligated to uphold. Gotta do it. We're dealing with contracts. That's what you gotta understand. These are all contracts. The United States has contracted everybody into becoming a U.S. citizen. It's a contract. Right. A, a constitution right. don't have nothing to do with it. You can con- you can contract all your constitutional rights away. You can waive all of them. Do a contract. Look at your goddamn mortgage. Y'all sign a document in your mortgage waiving all your goddamn constitutional rights. That's right. That's right. You got a whole so document person, in there, waiver of rights, right there in the mortgage document. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? So the thing about it is trust law, man. Trust. Study that subject. I cannot I cannot express to you how important it is for us to be educated on that subject. Because everything around you is a trust. That lady I was just talking to, she probably was dealing with a trust. Your school is a trust. They call it Board of Trustees. You know, they put trust all around you. I, so I started reading some of these statutes, and now I'm understanding, like, when you go to the, 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 the board, um, the city council meetings and things like that, they operate in a trust. So you see how these people line up in front of the microphones, and you got these commissioners and everything sitting in there like a courtroom or in a, in a semicircle, and people coming to the mic, cussing them out, telling them what piece of shit they are and things like that. Well, they're trustees. All right? You're a beneficiary. Okay, we can listen to your complaint, but we ain't got to do a goddamn thing you say. And not only that, you but understand? a trust is formed the moment that they sign that birth certificate. Your parents did. They formed a trust. And then you'll understand why they do what they do. Because now I'm, now I'm looking at things with a whole different set of eyes. Now I'm watching this meeting. I'm like, they don't understand what's going on. You know, they don't understand what's going on. You know, because that's a, in trust law. The beneficiaries got, the beneficiaries are only entitled to a distribution from the trust. They can ask for maybe an audit of the trust to see what the trustees are doing. If you got a trust protector in place, you could have him remove the trustees. There are certain, everything has to be constructed a certain way. But you got to understand how each of the players play and, as it relates to a trust. First of all, you got to know you're involved in a trust and then what kind of part you're playing in it. If you're a beneficiary, okay, there's only so many things a beneficiary can do, especially if it's an irrevocable trust. So these are things that, you know, you'll start to learn. That's why you got to learn the subject. You'll look at the Constitution. It's a damn trust document. You'll look at the Federal Reserve Act. It's a trust document. Then you'll begin to understand. You'll look at everything in a different way. You're like, man, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on now. I'm seeing what is happening. Your eyes will be open, and you'll just look at the world in a different place. And then you'll begin to understand what your responsibility is because, a large part of the problem is that the general population is irresponsible. They don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. They don't want to take responsibility for, the, for how they think. Okay, the law of attraction is something real. Okay, you got to understand that you have a responsibility on what comes out of your mouth. Words have power. Words have power. How you think has power. 
all these things. You know, the first place you got to start is in discipline, self-discipline, self-mastery. That's where it begins and ends, and that's your responsibility. That's not nobody's responsibility. These people who are running the world, they are disciplined. They are highly disciplined. You look at these people who get wealthy and everything, they only get wealthy when they get disciplined. It's a, and then you get mad at them because they're wealthy. No, hey, you can't get mad at them. Okay, when somebody gets wealthy, you should celebrate that because it lets you know that you have the same capability of doing the same thing. But as far as your business, God, I don't want to get off track. The thing is, is that you can still operate your business where you are. You guys said I learned how to operate it through a trust. I got a lot of these, man, my homeboy, he do electrical work. He do a lot of contracting work for people. He always coming back and telling me how these rich white men have their business in a trust. Because he listened to me and said, mm. man, y'all just got talking to this dude, man. He owned all these apartment buildings and everything. Everything operates through a trust. They doing it all yeah, around I, you. You just don't know it. Right. You just don't know. And that's that's another way that I was thinking about asset protection because you, you are in first lien holder position if you sell your business to your trust, and it's your trust that protects you asset-wise. And also, when it comes to ownership, I learned from being in business because I have an equipment-based business. And so as of last year, late last year, I finally paid off the last piece of equipment, so it's debt-free, all the equipment I, I own. But I don't, I don't, let me say, I say own only from a layman's perspective. All of my, my titles, it says certificate. So I don't own shit, okay? So because it's all you don't own nothing. You I don't own nothing. You lease you're leasing it that's, that's on a yearly basis. Right. That infuriates because it, it takes it takes taxes and everything. And if you don't either pay or use some sort of uh, program in place to defer, then you can't get your licenses and whatnot. Because it's transportation related, I don't know how difficult this is as far as getting a license because you need CDLs to operate. You contract but out for it. You contract out. If you need some sort of license, the trust contracts out for everything with a private trust. Everything with a private trust operates through contracts. Everything. Okay, now what about the operators? operators. Just say, say if I want to uh, be an operator <laughs> or maintain my operatorship, how would that affect me being me that you, CDL in, public on, license? On my, on my trust website, uh, SBC University, I got a section back there got all the contracts for any type of situation that you can be involved in. It's a different contract okay. for each of those different situations. So the thing it basically comes down to if you need, um, let's say I'm going I'm to just give an uh, example. I don't have experience with this, but um, let's say you're going to build a, a, a strip mall or something like that and you need contract license con- you need licensed electricians. You need licensed you know, people to come in and do the things that they need to do. Okay, well, the trust is going to contract with those individuals, and then they're going to do it. And then they got to abide by the terms of the trust, whatever the terms are. That's just like you becoming a U.S. citizen. The Constitution is a contract. I mean, is a trust. Okay, you only become a party to that when you contract into it, when you contract into doing it. Because the Constitution protects private rights. You have the right to be private. You don't have to be a part of none of that. But once you come over into the public, because the Constitution is a public document, it's public law. Okay, so when you come into the public, now you contracting to be a part to abide by the terms of this uh, this trust document. Well, the same thing happens in the private side. When you get a trust document, whoever you contract out, now they have to agree 
to the terms of that trust document and these trustees and so forth, and then you get them to do whatever it is you need to do. And trucking, I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with that business, but I'm pretty sure the same thing goes on in trucking. Okay, you just got to learn how to operate it differently. You're probably going to be a different way that you're going to be introduced to. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, what you you are worried about is are you going to be profitable or not? Uh, are you going to be profitable? And, okay, a and also not a, not giving them jurisdiction. Well, it depends. If you if you dealing with something in the they got something called minimum contact. You they're going to have jurisdiction over something. It's it's very difficult to completely alleviate their jurisdiction in today's world because they got a monopoly on everything. They got what you what you can do, you just explain it right. You can mitigate your tax liability, you know, and maybe even possibly eliminate it because it's basically all comes down to taxes too at the end of the day. All right. But you still have a reporting you still there are still reporting requirements and there are also still um, you know, possibility that beneficiaries may have to pay tax. The, the, the trust by default, anything by the uh, private by default is tax exempt. Anything private by default is tax exempt. Tax law is public law. It's on the public side. Right? Right. The taxes involved in public. That's Caesar. That's why Jesus said, render to Caesar what is Caesar, Lord of the Lord. Caesar side of the, of the bar involves taxes. Right? The private side don't. However, Anything from the private that touches anything in the public, okay, there may be a tax liability associated with that. And that's what you got to understand. That's why the IRS, they go by what's called substance. You can Google this. You can go to the IRS website and read it. They got articles on the IRS website. All right, they go by substance. All right, when you form a trust, that's called form, form versus substance. The substance part of a trust are the transactions that you're engaged in. The IRS ain't looking at the form, the formation of it. They're looking at the substance of it. What type of transactions are you engaged in? If all of your transactions are private from beginning to end, yeah, you won't have a tax liability. But if if something outside touches the public and then there's an income coming into the trust and it originates within the United States, okay, well, there's maybe a tax liability associated with that unless you got something in their statute say that you're tax exempt, like a 501-3C or something like that, you know, some tax exempt organization or something. But then again, it has to be for obviously a public, you know, benefit or something to that effect. But, you know, they got, when you understand it, I understand how it's set up. I don't have a problem with taxes. I really don't because I see how the system is operating. It just remains for the person to educate themselves about the tax laws and understand that everything is business. You are a business, okay? Right, you can mitigate your everything in your life is a business in some kind of way. All right, that that will get you some sort of deduction off your taxes. All right, if you learn the tax laws, get a good CPA or something that'll do that for you. So it's a it's an understanding how to do business. You can completely alleviate yourself from their jurisdiction, but everything got to be private. The beneficiaries got to be private. The trust corpus got to be private. The trustees got to be know, private. They can't, they can't be U.S. citizens. The beneficiaries can't be U.S. citizens. The trust corpus can't be U.S. property. The income coming in can't be uh, originating from within the United States. Okay? That's how you got everything got to be pri- public and private don't mix. Exactly. It don't mix. You know, since I've come in contact with all this information and watching your videos, it's been about a week, a weekend. 
after the first, you said you learned so much, it just rattles your very foundation. Even though you knew there was something wrong, but you couldn't put your finger on it. Then when you find out that your foundation is built on fallacy, all the way down to your substance almost, because you enjoy sovereign (laughs) for about what? You're sovereign for maybe two hours when you're born? Before your feet even touch yeah. the ground, <laughs> and then they put your feet on this on this bond, and before you know it, you you become a ward of the state, and the the straw man, you didn't breathe life into the straw man and didn't even know it. So from what I'm gaining, my understanding now, what I've done since I've come in contact with your information and I've followed your footsteps as far as the people you mentioned, John Quad, very very informative like I said about the other guy, and JT made a conversation, is that I had to take a chokehold of my time, and I've allocated four to eight hours a day in (laughs) reading or being read to information pertaining to bettering myself, which in my life, everybody else's might be different, is learning contract law, trust law. Got to know that. I'm not. I'm not even going to mention history. Well, let me go back. Dr. Sabi, he's moved on now. Uh, I'm a vegan. He, 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 he woke me up as far as your diet. Yeah. Okay. And, and the difference in, in food and, and, and carbon-based food and, and not the, the hybrids and everything. Dr. Sabi and Ma'at, which was his first wife, not the woman masquerading around on TV, which was his latter wife, but Ma'at, he and Ma'at are the ones that won the court cases when they were yeah. coming in contact with the government. Okay, so with that being said, started with him. Then Sheik entered Diop, as far as our history, our origin, having his own carbon dating laboratories, having his own, his own, just everything, having your own so you can challenge the, the, the allegations. If you can't do that, then you're stuck. Then coming in contact with your information. So now I'm looking at trust law. History goes without saying History, trust law, contract law, military law, military, because we're... Uh, we're yeah, that's important. Yeah, military law, and um, there's, there, there, there's one more. But basically, because, because the United States is bankrupt, because we're, we're, we're under military rule, because I never noticed every time I went to a courtroom that there was a flag there, I never even knew what the hell it meant until now. I didn't know that they were they were ruling. It was, I was in the military jurisdiction. I, I never knew it. Now I understand. And that's now. I and and you know and you know what? Um, in the 1800s, the population were very educated about law. I they started the dumbing down process in the late 1800s. In the 1890s, they start restricting a lot of stuff out of the school. They start slowly taking information out of the schools. Start changing civics. And all that kind of stuff, because they had a, a hundred-year plan, a long-term plan um, of what they did with the Federal Reserve and all of that. But they knew before they could do that, they had to start dumbing down the population. All right, the generations before knew a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. They understood who the United States was in Washington D.C. and who the several states were. As I said, you know, uh, back then and everything, you know, the states understood what their rights were. Everybody was doing things they said. You could carry a gun. You know, you shoot somebody and everything. You know, it was a fair fight. You got sheriff. Sheriff sit there and watch you have a damn, uh, you know, okay, it was fair. 
you know, bring the undertaker and bury the other dude, you know, because everybody was in their sovereign capacity. Okay, so they'll say, well, that was old. You know, things have changed. Yeah, things did change, but what caused the change? All right, the change got caused when they created this uh, this thing called a U.S. citizen. That's when everything changed. That's why it's on all paperwork. Almost everything you are you you they ask you the question over that when you start, when you check that mark, okay, it's a question. They constantly asking you that question. Every time you renew your driver's license, they ask you the question over again. Are you a U.S. citizen? They constantly, they constantly asking you this question, and that's where it is. That's where that's where it begins and ends. And everything. a U.S. citizen is a congressionally created citizenship. People got to understand that Congress created that. That wasn't the citizenship that was by default you being born in the country. That's up, that is the Congress created that. Congress, like they read, like I was reading in the Plessy versus Ferguson case. Okay, the people are the sovereigns. We delegated for the people. Y'all not our masters. Okay, you had a group of sovereigns select one person amongst them to be a representative for them. How is this representative going to be the king over them? It don't make sense. Right. Right. It don't make sense. Right. And you know, in an earlier conversation you had with a young man, y'all was talking about Trump and what he's doing with the government. He's doing the same thing that happened in 1812. When they wouldn't fund the war, then they took the private investors, and that's when they gave birth to all of this. Those Rothschilds, when they funded the Civil War, when they they was trying to – because of the gold clause, they, they couldn't get any more money. So they had to take the private investors to fund the war. And so Trump is saying his wall is his, is his war. You're not going to fund the war. Then we're going to get it done some other way. And, you know, gold, removing the gold out of the hands of the citizens, the gold and silver, that was a big-ass move. That was a big move because that's how they got us with that. We can't engage in private transactions. That's how this IRS and all of this and, 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 you know, the Federal Reserve, that's why they're so prominent because we cannot engage in everybody in our business now. You know, they got everybody in your business. They got, they got you on a credit system now, and everything is documented and recorded, and you don't have any privacy anymore. Uh, it used to be a time when you'd get gold and silver. That's between you and that person. And there was an exchange with no taxes on that. But, see, our irresponsible government, when they borrowed that money, from these private bankers and everything, and they had to pay it back. Well, they didn't have the money to pay it back, so they had to fool the citizens into coming and being sureties for it. And that's what all this yeah. scheme was. And it was a big scheme to get the private American citizens to be sureties for this debt that didn't have anything to do with us. It didn't have anything to do with us. That was the federal government. The federal government exactly. is, is a foreign entity to the several states. It's foreign you to, to us. Your, we, we were, you have to do your reading. You have to do your reading. You have to do. You have this to do your reading. You, go ahead. Yeah, and that's what uh, I remember when I was young in the sixties. I used to have silver dollars, real ones, and uh, I didn't know what they. I didn't know the importance of them back then. You know, and it's you know because uh, Kennedy he passed and tried to put them back in circulation and everything, and they assassinated him. Kennedy tried to do it. Lincoln did it with the Greenbacks and Andrew Jackson, and all three of them got attempted uh, assassination except for Andrew Jackson. He escaped. And after Andrew Jackson got rid of the central bank, we had 100 years of prosperity. 
until in 1913, Woodrow Wilson signed the Federal Reserve Act. That is a story that everybody should go and study. You read that book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, is a good uh, a good book to read, or you get on the internet and research it. But but see, this is another thing. A lot of people aren't real researchers. To research, you got to go deep. You got to read the Federal Registry. You got to read the uh, um, the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers. You know, you got to read stuff like that to really get an accurate. Forget what these people telling you on documentaries and things like that, because they'll skew that. You know, you got if you really want to see what was recorded in the annals of history, you got to go directly to the source and read that shit for yourself. And you'll and the truth is right there. The truth is there. And then you'll come back out and be listening to somebody talking like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just read they say United States ain't a corporation. It tell you in the federal in the federal registry that it is. That's right, a federal corporation. It tell it's you that. Long. What the hell are you talking it's, about? It's two, it's two United States, and they don't know which one they belong to until they get pulled over by a police officer. Then you'll find out. And I read articles on the internet. Attorneys be putting up stuff. You know, oh, this uh, thing about two United States. This is a myth. Um, uh, you know, they like to call everything a myth. I'm like, man, come on, man. What do you mean it's a myth? You know, so people who are just casually surfing the Internet, okay, because Google only really get about less than 10% of what's on the Internet. If you want to find out what's on the Internet, you need to use a browser called Tor. Use a Tor browser, T-O-R. Download that browser if you want to be able to surf the Internet and see the things that are really on the Internet that Google won't get you, get, give you access to. And Tor protects your privacy. It protects your privacy too. Glad you know that, mm-hmm. brother. Hey, brother, I got I gotta go, y'all. I will be back Wednesday. Okay, my Leonard. time has expired. I need to join ahead, the brother. SPC. How, how do I get a hold of you for a consultation after I join the SPC? There's University. a there's a message thing on the side. Um, I will be tomorrow night when I'm on the webinar. Join the webinar, and uh, I'll tell everybody how they get a you know get a uh, get a consultation. I got so many people want to get consultations with me. It's ridiculous. But uh, I'll make that available I, on the webinar. I, I understand. That's that's cool. Whichever is easiest, because I get down to Georgia, I got family there. So all right, whatever the okay. I know, I know we got the internet, but yeah, I'll do that. I'm gonna join the SPC University today. You can also, to you know, you can also reach me on Facebook or my YouTube page. I, they got a me- instant messenger on YouTube. I just learned how Great, to use. I don't it. have no social media. I don't have any social you know, media, but I do use YouTube. I got a Facebook. I, obviously, I got a Facebook group and I got a YouTube page. And uh, you can Google. Uh, you can uh, if you got a Gmail account, you can do it. But the thing about it is, there are other ways that you can send me a message or whatever. But the best way probably be SBC University. All right, just just come over. I get in the day. You gotta understand, I'm one man. You know, I cannot talk to everybody i mean i know all y'all want to talk to me but i, I can't do it it's like that's impossible one hour even if you charge somebody two hundred dollars for one hour i mean it's like it's only so many hours in a day i got other things to do i got you know it's like <laughs> I'm, i really need help i'm at a point where i really need to get staff i really do i'm at that point and i'm thinking about moving out of my house and going back in the office building and start hiring a staff because i think i might have to go back to that you know I didn't want to go back into the office, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to get an office and get a staff of people to help me do things. I think I've gotten to that point. I got to get out of my house. You know, I got a studio in my house, and I broadcast from home. But I'm thinking I had to go back. I used to have an office, and I used to have staff. 
but I'm thinking I'm going to have to go back to that because I just can't do I can't build a website, do uh, consultations, uh, edit videos, you know, and tell you that. I, I don't even have no social life hardly, you know, so I, don't, I got I don't, I, you just stay at home, Yusef, and just create a think tank of people of like minds. That, That's that why I was the open to visit the lady up in yeah. New York because I got really, I, I really got to get some sort of. Uh, it's really difficult I though to get people. I'm gonna tell you the problem with it. It's difficult to get people who are committed. Um, a lot of people who don't have their own business. You have your own business, so you probably understand what I'm saying. To run to operate something yourself, you got to be committed to it. And a lot of people don't have a commitment, the level of commitment that you have. And this is why, like in Thinking Grow Rich. Uh, he talks about the mastermind group. You know, when you look at Walmart, I read an autobiography of Walmart, and you know, because I like reading autobiographies. He had a mastermind group. He only had about six people. Six people in his clique started Walmart. Six people. Six yep, people. Exactly. And, and 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 to uh, and to uh, how they became a billion dollar company because two of them were were computer guys, and. Uh, they tried to convince Walmart to spend $2 million on a, a system that allowed them to do their own distribution. That's why Walmart is so big because they got their own distribution center. They do their own distribution. So it was like, it was like he, he, he convinced them because Walmart was a cheap guy. He didn't like to spend money. Walmart was cheap, cheap. He didn't like to spend money. But, that, but him being able to do that, I think when Walmart died, they were $200 million. Now they like $200 billion company or more, probably more. Right. You know, I'm, I'm and they own six vessels, and they can travel from continent to continent quicker than the Navy can. They can. I mean, so you they have can. the capacity. Reading autobiographies are real good because it, it helps a person understand what it takes to be successful. And so you have this myth. You know, you think all the wealthy people didn't go through things. You know, people, these wealthy people, people who become successful, they go through a lot. They jump a lot of hurdles. They have a lot of setbacks. Uh, they have a lot of things that appear like defeat that happen in their life, and they're able to overcome it. And then once they reach the pinnacle of success, you start saying how lucky they are. And then they look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about, luck? Luck didn't have anything to do with this shit. I wasn't blessed to anything. I had two things. I had a goal, and I was, I was able to persevere. At, and the only way you can persevere in something, you have to have passion for what you're doing. Because if you don't have passion for what you're doing, you won't persevere. This is true. You have to be passionate about what you're doing. You don't have passion for it, don't do it. That's my advice. If you're not passionate about it, don't do it. This is All true. All right, man, I got to go. I got to go. All right, I'll be All in right. contact with you. All right, peace, God. All right, y'all, look, I'll be back. I know I spent a lot of time talking to people today. There's a lot of people their hands up. I will be back on Wednesday again. All right, I'll be back on Wednesday. And we can go through this whole thing uh, 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 again once more. I, I'll open up the mics for y'all and everything. We go through it again. I, and uh, my announcement, uh, if you haven't joined SBC University, you should. I'm going to have a webinar. It's going to be this tomorrow at 9 p.m. Um, it's available to everybody who's a member. Just join, just join the website, and you have access to it. All right. So make sure you go to spcuniversity.privatesolutions.com. Go over there and check it out. All right, I want to say peace to all the guys and goddesses. You've been listening to the hottest 
radio network on the planet. High frequency radio, y'all. Peace to all the guys. See you on Wednesday. On the baddest radio network on the planet, High Frequency Radio.